Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. My my audio card, which makes no sense. My audio card is the biggest card I own. It's 128 gigabytes. Oh, really? So all those are 120. We're live now, by the way, too. So those 128s work fine. Um, This one's only like a 32. So this one came with the systems. When I so far, every single podcast is on that card. Holy cow! 82 plus all the realty talks. You're probably talking somewhere in the ballpark of 130 plus 130 plus episodes. I've been saved on that, plus all the raw footage and the new footage. That's pretty amazing. So, like, we'll, when, like, so what happens is when we record this, both of them come on to separate platforms or separate mics. So my mic actually comes in separate from yep. yours, and we 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 merge them together. So we put both those raw files on with our main file, the full file with the ours overlapped over each other, and all the like the intros and outros and stuff. Yeah. Oh, you put that back on that card. All of it's on there. So when we resave it, I, like this podcast will be. You'll have mine separate, raw, yep. raw, yours separate, raw, uncut with nothing yep. else on it. Then we end up taking the uh, the main one and re put it back on the SD card so we have another copy. So I have a copy, I have the main copy, I have the copy I could probably re download off of our platform, oh, I'm sure. Podbean, and then I have this one. So I, 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 if something were to happen, I have multiple copies of the podcast. That's good. Which is good. I mean, worst case, I have it on app. I mean, it's already uploaded to a bunch of different sites, so I could always go find it. Yeah, you could find the episode. You just couldn't find like the individual. I don't know if I could re-download it. Yeah, strip it. I probably there's probably an there's probably something I could strip the audio. Yeah, I have a I have a software that if you record to one file, um, yeah, that was still pretty loud. If you record to one file, um, it'll actually go through and strip out the different sounding voices. And so it can actually separate that. There's there's definitely stuff out there that you can do that with, but it it like goes against every fiber of my being because our background in photography, like, it was always it was never buy the it was never buy the biggest card you can buy, so that you have less cards. Mm-hmm. It was buy a card that can fill up, like a good portion of like a segment of your day. So the way it worked, so like the way like a wedding for example would work, you'd get together with like. Debbie would be with like the girls in the morning. And so she'd, you basically, how can I fill up a card in the morning shooting like all that stuff? And then the next would be, you know, at the ceremony or maybe something else in between, but typically at the ceremony. So you typically want to fill up like a card. You don't, you want to try to avoid changing cards during moments. Mm -hmm. So you wanted smaller cards. Um, Granted, you had to change cards, but you wanted smaller cards so that if anything ever happened to that card and that card got corrupted, it was a significantly smaller portion of your day versus like, yeah, if we had oh, like, yeah. you know, if we had huge cards that we were shooting, we shoot on, we shot on different cards of CF versus SD. Um, but if you shot everything on like one huge card and then that card got corrupted that day, you're toast. How often have, did you have corrupted cards? We had one corrupted card. Debbie had a couple corrupted cards with with her portrait business. Fortunately, the way like files write, you can sometimes you can go back and actually access it. It like it looks like it's deleted, but there's like I guess it's like the same thing with computers where like you think you've deleted the files, but like 
way over my head. Someone super techie can go in and actually like yeah. still find some of the files. Cause I guess it's, if it's a hard drive, it's, it's written forever. Um, because it's, it's physically written into the hard yeah. drive. Um, so with the cards, the only thing that ever happened was there was a card that got crushed during a wedding and like stepped on or something. It like, it was in a case. I, I honestly don't know how it got crushed, but it got crushed and I couldn't access the card, couldn't access the card. So I'm literally like, what's on this card freaking out during the day. Mm-hmm. Also, like we found that out like at the end of the night, got back to our house. We used to download stuff at night and got back to the house and the card reader at home was able to actually read the card. Like I oh, was, was, I was shitting my pants. Like yeah. I was like, what was on that card? Was that like, the ceremony, ceremony. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, the one thing that that is amazing, though. I mean, you probably know it. Is with with like wedding photography. At the end of the day, like, do you want to know that you have all those photos? Maybe I'm different, but I feel like you really only ever like like four or five photos. It's like a moment here, a moment there, and there's you know there's a few photos from the day. Yeah. If you see them. And you like knowing that you have them so that if you went back and looked at them, it's like, oh, that's awesome. But you forget about that stuff. And you really just have like the stuff that you might print. We have two, like one of my photos is up like from our wedding is up there. We got married down in yep. Naples. So like that one is kind of a main one that we had. And then we had another one, funny enough, my sister took after the fact. And like down in Naples, that's the Gulf Coast. So what's cool about it is when the sun sets, it literally looks like the sun falls off the face of the earth because it's all right, water. Right. So it sets over the Gulf. So we had a photo with the sun setting and it was really cool. Like it was, we were kind of like, you'd see us, but we were definitely more, more, um, you know, kind of blocked out by the, the light. She just took that with her iPhone and that's one of the nicest photos. We had a big canvas made of it and it's really nice and we have it at her house. Um, funny enough, the, I guess not funny enough, but when we went to take, we got married. We had some photographer down there or whatever. And it, it was somebody we knew through somebody down there. So right. we, it was a recommendation. Had him. Um, photos were fine. Nice lady. Photos were all good. And they taped the wedding. So sure enough, we want to pay him whatever. They give us our photos back. Great. And then it was like, hey, we're working on the video. I said, okay, fine. Needless to say, we have never gotten the video. We got married almost over three years ago. Right. So. What happened, I'm assuming, was something happened with the video. It stopped working or whatever. So we have no video of the ceremony. The ceremony was like 15 minutes. It was on the sure, video. So it was yeah. like kind of one that you kind of like, yeah, it'd be cool to have. But. Right, yeah. So f- again, f- the funny part, I guess, is we had a friend of ours that was down there. And Gina wanted to FaceTime or Face, whatever, YouTube or, uh, yeah, no, Facebook Live or Facebook video her grandmother who couldn't go down there. Oh, right, right. So... He didn't know what he was doing, so instead of Facebook hitting the grandmother, he just went Facebook Live. And he recorded the... So he recorded the wedding. Now, oh, granted, it's, it's on, like, it's not the best quality, and it's kind of like, not you know, purposely like, shot, kind of shaky, but, yeah. not say shaky footage, but it, yeah, it's just, like, the pixels aren't well, great. Well, he's sitting, too, probably, right? Well, he was actually, I think, standing in the back, because so he stood behind everybody, so okay. it's, it's kind of far back, and obviously it's on a phone, and he's just holding it up, not really thinking sure. much. And there's, like, comments going on, and we're not, we didn't know it was live. Even, even at the end, we like, even at the end, the comments are coming. Hey, I thought I was supposed to be invited to this thing. It's like, <laughs> what was it? was the line in, uh, and big daddy he goes, remember when he went for the propose, he proposed and he goes, well, think about it <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Sonny or whatever. <laughs> um, so, but it was, the, so 
And at the end, I remember like going and we were like, hey, because we thought we were talking to her. And right. we realized like, right. oh, wait, is this the whole thing live? So <laughs> we actually have footage of our wedding, but it wasn't done correctly. So it's kind of right. like we do still have some. But yeah, the camera died. And or I'm assuming You're died. assuming, yeah. Because we never got it. And it wasn't like they didn't know because we followed up a couple of times. Like, hey, do you guys have that video? Do you have that video? And just, just completely ghosted, ghosted you. Yeah. Completely. So um, we've never... I mean, make I mean, no. We have no other reason ever to contact these people again. But that we just the photos are fine. But we just never got. I wish they would have just idea. said like, "Listen, like, bad news. Like for some reason it shut off." Yeah, sorry. Did, uh, now, when you talk about like the camera and stuff, like the the camera versus video, is that different at all? For like, so did the, you guys do a lot of videos? So no, still? we didn't do like any video. The nice thing, and I I do it a little bit. Like I do right now to video for for work now mm-hmm. my work now um but we never did like actual like artistic video you know like what you would like what you would have had at the wedding mm-hmm. um so the difference between like a a standard video camera and like the can like the DSLR cameras okay. like like the one that you have yeah. as a DSLR um is at that level you, the the changing of lenses so the you'll hear people call it like a blurred background it basically is focal length. Mm-hmm. So you can have very high quality lenses that have a very, what they call short focal length. Um, so it only focuses focuses in on a very shallow plane of field. So what, what that in a sense would do, like not to go too deep into it, but it's called an F-stop. You, you probably see it on your camera if you switch, well you would, if you switch to manual mode. We had lenses that went down to like F1.4. It basically meant like from me to you, if I had like my, uh, like a, just a 35 millimeter lens on Mm -hmm. and I was at F 1.4, I could probably from this distance focus on your nose and your ears certainly would be completely blurred out. Your eyes might actually be out of focus. Wow. Okay. But what's nice is when you use that, that's that like super artistic photo that if if you're not really in the, in the realm, it's harder to understand but you can always tell the difference because people are just like, oh my gosh, that photo is so beautiful. Like everything is just, because it draws the focus into where you want it to be and it just creates this drop-off effect with everything else that's distracting. And then there's other things too, like with light, there's a thing called bokeh. So you get those, like you can create it artificially in Photoshop, um, but you get like lights in the background have those like circular appearance to them. So Mm -hmm. if you have like light coming through the trees, you see all those little bokeh circles. It's just different effects. So so to bring it back to video, you can do more. It feels significantly more artistic than like something you would see shot on, you know, an episode of the office, you know, that's pretty wide mm-hmm. focal. I mean, if you look at the, an episode of any TV show, you can pretty much see everything in there. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen I'm trying to think of a show, they, they have shot a couple movies on DSLRs and it kind of messes with your head because you're so used to seeing the world where you can focus on everything but a DSLR can only focus on that focal point um, unless they go unless they go narrower, mm-hmm. which means that you're like F8 or something. You're, so your focal length is significantly longer. So if I stopped way up to a higher F, I could see this water bottle in front of me. I could see you. I could see the wall behind you. Um, and then if it, and then if I, what they call open the lens way up, so bring it down to like F1.4, I might be able to just see the water bottle and everything else just disappears. And that's something I can do on that camera. You certainly could. Yeah. yeah. Any any DSLR. I mean, the pro pro grid cameras are significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thing called a crop sensor. Um, so 
professional cameras, they have a, it's a wider plane, essentially that the sensor can view, um, crop sensor cameras, which yours might be, it just crops down what you're actually seeing. Um, lenses do the same thing too. Um, but in video, it can look like, like a really high quality, um, real estate video, Mm -hmm. like for places like down the city, like condos and stuff, you'll see people use DSLRs for that because you can, you can, it's almost, it's cinematic. You know, you can have someone pan out and then, so something's out of focus and then they slowly focus in on that. So it comes in and out of focus. So it's it's just really more cinematic, but more artistic the way, the way that you view it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm one where it's like, it's always on autofocus because Mm -hmm. I haven't taken the time to actually learn. One of the things I want to do is just like a crash course through my camera, just watch a couple videos, half hour, hour in length, and just really understand it. Yeah. Kind of the cause and effect. Like that focal thing is cool because we've done some stuff where it'd be fun to take a focal, even a focal video with the same, as long as you did the, like you said, the, you dropped the focus down, or I guess widen it, you said, widen it. Makes well, it- so you open it up. So if you look at the lens, you can see the aperture. Mm-hmm. So it's these little, it looks like flower petals that all come into a circle. And so when I say wide open, you'll see those, those flower petals open wide up. And so that's a narrower focus plane. So it's just widening the lens mm-hmm. so that, and then when you, when you cinch those down, it's tightening it in. So it's, it's, I don't really know the technical side of it, but it, it, it allows a broader focal plane. If that makes it's sense. It's kind of like when light comes in, when it was aperture. Yeah, it's, it's like basically light. basically the amount of light that comes into the camera. So I got I got to play around with it, with it a little bit because I like I'm probably utilizing ten percent of that camera. Oh, I guarantee you're like, probably maybe you're even doing that. maybe even less than that because I there's not a whole lot of things I do with it besides what I need to do with it. So like, but it's kind of cool to get like a little more like artsy shots and certain things, especially yeah. in the house. Like if you're focusing on, you know, a certain you know, the kitchen or something weird where you just want to, or maybe something in the kitchen or something in a bedroom or a bathroom, you want to focus just on that. It could blur out the rest and really draw attention to it. I would say it's something that you would definitely, like if I were, if you were to say, hey, I want to hire you to do like media for a house. Not that I'm experienced in it. That side of things would be more promo stuff. I want it to look super cinematic. I want it to just look so incredibly polished that people don't even, they might not even pay attention to the house. They'll just be like, holy Shit, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Yeah. It just looks so good. But then when I want to when I get them into a room, I want that I want to shoot the most accurate photo that shows you that tries to make you feel like you're in the room as possible. I don't want to distort it. I don't want to shoot it low so it gives us appearance that it's bigger than it actually is. You'll see that tons of the big city apartments they'll do that. They'll shoot from a lower angle. So ceilings look huge, you know, gives the appearance of bigger space. You don't want it distorted. You can always tell a distorted photo if you have like a bed in a frame. Like sometimes people shoot and they put way too much bed in the frame so then it looks like it's this tiny bedroom. Like obviously, you know, photography I I I look at those photos. I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. Well, that's that's stuff I want to learn. Like, I probably pick your brain on it too. But like, because I was always told, like, if you're taking a photo, the ideal place to take a photo is from basically chest angle, like or like you know where you normally would stand, kind of like here, because that's kind of where like when you take a picture of like a bed or or you know if, if you're too high and looking down, it might give the appearance that you're seeing everything. But then I get it. Sometimes if you're taking a photo from up top, looking down. It the looks room's going to look super small. Yeah, it looks small because you're trying to encompass everything. Yep. If you go down low, I, I get the same thing too. If you were to get real low and probably kind of in a crouch spot to take it, you're going to see everything because you're just the distance to the ceiling is going to look crazy. I was told you should kind of kind of shoot like chest height, meaning mm-hmm. crouch down a little bit, but you can get a little bit more of what you would 
envision. I, I play around with it. It depends. I mean, I'm, um, I very rarely go up. The only time I go up on something is if it's a small bathroom. It's never going to work going up because it, it's, it's just going to, I mean, you want to exaggerate the space just a little bit. You want to go just a little bit lower than mm-hmm. what a normal eye would see because it'll give you, you want to see the ceiling. Like, is that about right chest, you think? Yeah, I'd say if you drop it down just a touch because that way you can see the ceiling, a little less floor, gives the appearance of a little bit more space without making it look like you're clearly trying to make it look like this giant room that it really is. Like, it's like holding a fish up to the lens yeah, like that. exactly. I got, got a 25-pound <laughs> northern I thought, bike. I, th- I thought you said you caught a perch. <laughs> Why does it look like it's three feet long? It's, I was going to say, I got some uh, mutation. The uh, Yeah, so I, the the camera thing is fun. I mean, it, it's... I like... Vid- do you watch, like, anybody on... Do you watch YouTube stuff on at a lot or no? Not really. I mean, I... No. <laughs> Like you don't watch YouTube at all for anything? I'd say the only time I watch YouTube is if it's like if it's linked to something that I want to check out. I'm trying to think like if it's if it's something like somebody recommends, um, like maybe in a podcast. Like like Joe Rogan, I'll watch like if, if I'm listening and he's like, here's how to find this. Like I'll m- maybe Google something just to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like um, yeah, I don't I don't really watch YouTube. Maybe I guess the biggest thing I watch YouTube for is if I'm doing like a house renovation project and I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I'm like. And let's just double check. How does that baluster actually get installed to the handrail? Mm-hmm. And so like I did that the other day, but it's, I don't really watch YouTube that much. Um, I would say out of all the stuff that I watch, YouTube makes up 80 plus percent. Wow. I don't watch a lot of TV. So like at night I watch YouTube. If I'm like working, I'm either listening to a podcast or I might have something on depending what it is. Cause mm-hmm. I, I don't watch a lot when I'm working cause you're, like focuses yeah but like at night like if i'm sitting down like laying in bed or something i'll watch videos on youtube i won't be what do you watch it could be anything it could be um it's a rabbit hole isn't it it can be but a lot of the ones that if i go on to like my main search you'll see like you'll see golf stuff you'll see different sports stuff whether it's pga whether it's um every once in a while you get down the rabbit hole you'll watch like something with you know from espn or basketball or something and then i go into stuff with Joe Rogan with podcasting. Then it's, it, you know, there's a lot of, um, it could be how to videos if I'm looking up something specifically, cause I'll see my search history. Cause I do the same. I don't do as much, I think like projects as you would do, but those right. will pop up. Um, not nothing really like super. There's only so many people that have like local stuff. So I, you know, I might watch, I don't, think, I don't I like mean. Matt Craig has something. I watch a little bit of his, but if I really go into it, it's probably, Mostly sports could be real estate, could be p- people I follow like in marketing or videos. There's uh-huh. a couple um, guys on YouTube that do, I guess they consider themselves YouTubers, but they do videos and vlogs and stuff on YouTube, which I'll watch. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. It's more advice. That's pretty much what I'm I learning watch. stuff. Yeah, I don't. I very rarely watch something to consume it for entertainment, unless it's like like a Pat McAfee thing will come on, and I'll watch like a clip of Pat McAfee or a clip of Joe Rogan. That's about the extent of my just relax and like mindless. Mm-hmm. But then it's going to be like, you know, if I'm watching golf, I'm typically watching stuff on like, okay, like this makes sense. Like, how would you like, maybe we're golfing. And I'm, it's more I mean, instructional I, golf. Instructional stuff. Like yeah. I, I screwed that like up. Like Phil, <laughs> the, 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 chipping the three like, hour chipping, yeah, the three like, hour short game. If I like screwed something up, you're like, wait, how did I kind of like, like fixing? How do I know kind of what to do, but what am I missing? Like, okay. Yeah. That's it. Like that's yep. the one thing I'm not. And that could be a bunch of stuff. Like even real estate, I'll follow guys that do real estate and I'll watch theirs information or vlogs and they got some broker friends that have stuff and I'll like watch that. So it's more of I'm consuming stuff I have interest in, but it's more to learn than it is just to sit back and like, don't get me wrong. I'll watch the office all day long, 
but it's usually background noise. So I'm working yeah. while it's yep. on. Um, very rarely do I sit down and watch a TV show or a movie. Even though I did tell you I watched The Sandlot over the weekend. That's pretty awesome. Which, But I, again, I had it on when the kids were playing around, but I'm like, the, it's only an hour The Colossus of Clout. The Sultan of Swat. The Sultan of Swat. The Great Bambino? Bino? That's <laughs> who's, the same who's, guy? Who's, uh, I found this ball. It says, it says bait. Baby, baby Ruth on Sound it. By some lady. Um, <laughs> so like that, that. So, to, so I was telling Jared this morning. We, I, YouTube rabbit hole popped up. Sandlot reunion. Oh boy, Justin Turner, who is a baseball player for the Dodgers. I don't know much about baseball anymore. I got away from following the players, but he seems like a good dude. Big red beard, like kind of probably a, kind of like the Johnny Damon maybe of twenty twenty. You know, like big yeah, beard yeah, yeah. and hair. So and I, I, I'm assuming he's an all star player. So. He did this thing with his very attractive um, supermodel <laughs> wife, and uh, it's probably worth it just to go watch her. But they end up having this thing where they're interviewing um, the guys that were on the show. And I found out there's, nine, there's obviously nine kids for the team, but there's only eight of them. I, I think I was looking up, I'm like, where's Benny? Like, Benny the Jet. Like, yeah, yeah. And he's not on it. Supposedly, did he? He got in some legal trouble, yeah. I think. Like, he was a firefighter, I think, down in out in Los Angeles, and I think at some point they like happened like according to like the Wikipedia page or whatever, like he almost murdered somebody, not on per- but like with other cops or something or firefighters. I don't know huh. some weird story. And he got he never oh got charged God. with anything, but I think it was kind of like he wanted to keep a low. I don't know, probably obviously embarrassed by it. But this was only like so he never made it into the major leagues, like Sandlot said he did. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. So when they're interviewing and like the Sandlot, if you. Was my childhood. I, I, I watched that thing. Little League Baseball, I watched that, especially in the summer when I was like into Little League Baseball. Right. If I watched that every other day, I would not be surprised. And wow. Loved it. It was just one of those like funny movies you put, put on. I, like, I, knew, I know every word. I've, and I haven't seen it in years. And it was still, it holds up. Like, it's still a great movie. Like, if you watch it today, you're like, it's funny. It's nostalgic. But you're like, it's still a great storyline. It's still funny. Yeah. The... You know the stuff they say is still funny. The jokes are, I think are still funny. Oh, the and, pool, the pool scene, amazing. So they started talking <laughs> about this, and like the girl who played Wendy Peppercorn comes yeah. on, and she was eighteen at the time in that in that show. So they're all younger, and that's got to be thirty five years ago. Nineteen no, thirty years ago, two nineteen ninety one, almost thirty years. Ninety two, ninety three was sure. like right in there. I was, I mean, you were young. I was like, four. I mean, I was ten, I think, when it came we out. You were a little bit older, yeah. And, and so it was funny. They said like, who was the best baseball player, and it was. Mike, they actually said that he was probably good enough to play like college baseball or like may- maybe like a baseball or something. Mm-hmm. All the other ones could play like Smalls could play baseball. Like, wow. So he had to kind of act that he wasn't good at baseball. But I mean, obviously, towards the end of the movie, he's fine. Um, but it was cool, like listening to them tell the story of it, because now they're all they're probably in their late 30s now. Oh, they got to be in their 40s at this point. Well, it was 93. That's 27 years ago. Yeah, they you know, were all like ten. They were yeah, probably yeah, all late, ten. Yeah, yeah. So right. maybe math is maybe than mine, forty. Is, that shouldn't be. I would say. I would say. Yeah, I would say most of them were probably between ten and twelve. Like they were, you might have had a thirteen-year-old in there, but I doubt it. They were all pretty young. Um. So, but it was just kind of cool to listen to them talk because that they talked about that. Um. Like they talked about like squints, like kissing Wendy Peppercorn, and like so great how he was so best moment in the whole movie. I know. So how he was so excited for that scene, like him, because of course he was like a little kid, right? And. You know, obviously she was a pretty girl, and um, but it was just funny, and you, especially when you watch the scene, like when they're like squints, wake up, and all of a sudden he like looks up and smiles, like that big, like <laughs> the, like the per, like the, the like the blue lips and like the eyes all. So he's like, "What is he doing?" But uh, yeah, such, I mean, such a great movie. So I watched that. So that was like the last movie I've watched 
And I think the one I watched prior to that was something over like quarantine, like three months ago. Yeah, which, we pretty much exclusively watch kids' movies at this point. If we have a chance to watch a movie, it's a kids' movie. Although I did watch, um, I rewatched, thanks to Joe Rogan, not to go on a complete tangent. I am so in on this UFO conspiracy stuff. I love every second of it. If 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 he only did podcasts about UFO stuff, I would listen. I would eat it eat it up. So I went on this binge and I watched that Bob Lazar documentary. Uh, oh the, yeah, the guy that broke yep. Area Fifty One. Well, supposedly. And then I watched uh, the movie Arrival. I did all this stuff like I would watch like ten minute increments like throughout the day. I'd be like, all right, I'm. Sneak I'm in getting few. some lunch. I'll I'll sneak in ten minutes. I'm up in the morning. I'll sneak in ten minutes. So I watched it over the course of like a few days, and so I watched Arrival, which was probably one of the best alien movies of all time. A documentary it, or no? It? No, it's a it's an actual movie. Um, I can't remember the guy that did it, um, but it's uh, the cheerleader from <laughs> Amy Adams, the cheerleader from The Office. That's how I know her. The hot first. girl, <laughs> yeah, hot girl. Um, Oh jeez! Uh, so she's in it. Uh, I forget who else is in it, but it's it's incredible. I watched that. Then I watched Interstellar again with Matthew McConaughey. Okay, yeah, that movie's that's that movie's amazing. Is it? It's really good. I, I remember watching. Is it Gravity? With Sandra I never Bullock? watched Gravity. That was okay. I think it was George Clooney in that too. Martian mm, is phenomenal. So that was the last one that I watched, just because The Martian is that's is, great. And then I watched. Uh, because we're so deep into that stuff, we were, I watched the Apollo um, documentary that CNN did. If you haven't seen that, no. it's about the Apollo program. It's about it's about the launch of the moon. Okay, um, with Buzz Aldrin and, and Neil Armstrong, obviously. Um, the documentary it looks like it was shot today. The quality, really? so it's old. Like I forget, it was sixties, right? Sixty nine, they went up. Yeah, so it's old. Um, seven, 80, 85 millimeter. Lent, or cameras that, that was shot on and mm-hmm. so the, the quality i remember i was sitting there watching this um well this i watched it the second time this time but the first time i watched it, i was sitting watching it with the kids and debbie came down and she sat down and watched this and she goes so um d- did they just like reshoot this is this is this a remake uh, who made this i was like this is freaking original footage it's unbelievable from the 60s from the freaking 60s That's it amazing. is it's like you're there. It's literally looks like you could touch them. The the quality is amazing, and What's it's it just. Called? I think it's just called Apollo. And it's on what CNN? It's on. I think you can get it on. I think Hulu. I love documentaries. So, like, dude, it's so unbelievably good. It was. It's it's like it's the type of thing that you could just rewatch every six months. When you think about what they did back in the '60s, we have more. We have like. 150 times the computing power in our phone than they did in like the entire space program. Oh yeah. I mean, what they did with that technology, they, they put a freaking man on the moon and launched him back. I mean, we're, we have kids nowadays just doing TikTok, and they were actually like productive with their technology. Yeah, exactly. So the Apollo, like the Apollo program, like Apollo 13 was obviously a, that was a true story, right? Yeah. Was it, was it Tom Kevin Bacon's in that? Was it Tom Hanks? I forget. I haven't seen that movie since it came out. Back yeah, in the I mean that, that was a great movie too. But yeah, that was, was the good. one that they came back and they had trouble coming back. Like the spacecraft was like blowing up as they right. came back. Um, yeah, that I. So space is one of the things that fascinates me the most. Like we looked up, it. like when the comet was going by, we tried to find it. I couldn't find it. I wish I had like a telescope or whatever. Um, but like I love anything with space, and I've said before the when the space 
bubble thing or this when you look at how like the small and the relativity of s- earth to planets to sun to stars to yeah. whatever when it's you like keep expanding out further and, further, like, and further and further and then it's like galaxy it's, galaxy it's galaxy, a mind it's galaxy. a mind meld man oh yeah like you just at that point you're just like, i'm just gonna sit there and do nothing with the rest of my life because it doesn't a matter because like, you, you literally sit there and you're like well what am i even doing like i know if you're not stephen hawking's then you're providing nothing i'm like <laughs> i'm like jared take my money out i'm just gonna blow it right now i don't care it doesn't matter i'm going to space um so it's it, yeah it's so it's wild but i love that would be a cool documentary i don't know about the alien thing I, yeah, 100% do I believe there's alien life out there? Yes, there has to be. When you well, start, so, you start so looking at those, there like, doesn't have to be, though, because the, tra- the what is it, the Drake equation, it it calculates, it's it's some insane calculation that anybody can do it, but you just have to have the data. It's basically the the number of galaxies um, div- divided by, divided by, I think it's, the number of galaxies, no, multiply. The number of galaxies multiplied by the number of suns that could have an, a zone with the um, with the appropriate with the appropriate zone to host a planet, like multiplied out. There's all these different factors that they multiply out to figure out what's the possibility that there is actually some sort of intelligent life somewhere else, and it's like something to the. I forget. I mean, the decimal places is, is, I think there's so it's like very low. Oh, it's insanely low. The likelihood of there actually being, and, and I think a lot of times what, what is hard to wrap your mind around is the fact that, well, if, if there's intelligent life out there, how come they haven't, you know, made contact with us? And I, that's the part that I need to do more research on. It's like, cause, okay, where the big bang happened and relative to where that happened, because the thing that's a, a mind meld to me is when we look through a telescope, we're looking at light coming to us over years yeah, and yeah. millennia. So what we're seeing, depending on what you're looking at, is happened past. billions of years ago. So then the logic is, if, well, if what we're seeing happened billions of years ago, is you know could that have evolved into something where they could contact us? But then the question is, well, if light, if if nothing, you know, the theory of relativity, nothing can travel faster than the speed of light in theory. Um, well, then radio waves, you know, any sort of signal that we are capable of sending out, if it happens to be on the other side of the universe, how long does that take to get to us? And so how does that evolve? And it's just, a, it's crazy. So when they put down to the decimal place, though. The Drake equation, yeah. I think it goes to like the nth degree. It's so what, far out. What's crazy is how many planet stars or galaxies they don't even know about. So that's why it's like how accurate. I don't know. I think there's got to be something, whether they're flying around on little flying saucers or not. I have no clue, like the Jetsons, but it's the idea that I guarantee you there's life forms somewhere else on one of the trillions of planets that are out there. Intelligent life, like like us. I think so. I think there's mixture. I think you're gonna, yeah, but you got to think like even on our own planet, like what was the first thing an amoeba, like a one celled organism, yeah, single cell, single cell. So like you get that, and then it just multiplies and just based on like billions of years things happen like you gotta think uh, how old is the earth like they say it's six seven billion years old am i off on that yeah i think it's isn't it somewhere around that i thought it was like 13 or 14 billion years old so if it's but you think like when did wait maybe i'm wrong when did life form take place like when did when did the first amoeba single cell organism happen was it like was it right off was oh it yeah over- so earth was earth was around for for millennia before it was just it was getting formed so I mean, it was hot for for millennia, where there was no atmosphere. The Earth was still forming. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so you're talking like the the idea of when was there the first living organism on Earth? 
I mean that you're, you're talking. I'm, I'm way off. Four point five billion years. Okay, old. I was gonna say I didn't think it was that, but like this was saying six or seven, so Maybe four. I'm thinking of the actual Big Bang. So the uh, was the idea of like where did it all start to where is it in, where is it now? So that's when you say when those light beams are billions of years old, light years, you know, I mean, billions of light years is insane. Like well, what, billions of years just took light years to get here, right? So well, what what's a you know you should you know you should watch light year. Oh, gee, I don't know. Is it, I mean, is it, you're asking it, a stupid person. Well, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> a hard question. I mean, you're the guy that watched the documentary. I, don't, I watched the documentary. You, you, but got I Google, you got Google in your hand, right? Okay. There. Like, well, so what I will what I will tell you is one thing that I highly suggest watching if you're interested in this stuff is so um, Carl Sagan. We were we weren't even around when Carl Sagan first did his like cosmos. He basically tried to explain science and and the world and theory of relativity, all that stuff, and he did it in a very like layperson manner so neil degrasse tyson have you ever listened mm-hmm. to him or read him or anything i've listened to one um i've listened to him on rogan he's yeah. an interesting cat too yeah he's got his own podcast called star talk sometimes it's it's a little too much for me but um it's good so he 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 actually he's got a crazy story up in over in ithaca so he went to school over in ithaca mm-hmm. and like it's like happenstance matt carl sagan like pure happenstance and that like changed his life onto the path that he went on. But anyway, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. Um, Cosmos is a show and I think it's on Hulu. It is incredible or no Disney plus has it. I was going to say it was more of like geared towards kids. It it? is a little geared towards kids, but it's so interesting and it explains so much of this stuff. But it's a series though, right? Yep. I think it's, I don't know, like 10 episodes maybe. And he just goes through and explains everything. He explains so much and really? so well. And he, and he explains like the history of stuff. He explains, like, you know, goes back to like Galileo and like the discovery of these different things. And, um, you know, some of these, there's like an Italian priest who got basically excommunicated because he, he like came out and basically. Was that Copernicus? No. Uh, I forget what the guy's name was, but he came out and he said, I hate to tell it to you, but we're not the center of the universe. Like our, our sun, our earth actually it rotates around the sun and it was considered blasphemy who, back then. Yeah, who was that? Cause he, he's well known. It, it's not Copernicus. No. So this is a different guy though. So things were happening at different points in time, okay. but um, I forget what this guy's name was. I'm so bad. My memory's so shot when I, I just like, I You're listen to these quotes. things and You're then good I'm at horrible at spitting them back out accurately. Um, but no, dude, check, check out Cosmos. It's amazing. I think I watched the first like 20 minutes of the first episode, but it was like right around kid time where like this was, I think when he had crew and it was like, we got 20 minutes. Crew anyway. would love it. We're like, we're so tired. He, he's a little too young to watch that kind of stuff. He's still like cartoons and it's got some cartoons like in the mix. Like there's, <laughs> although there's this one part there where they like burn, burn this guy at the stake and I'm like, Clayton, <laughs> cover your eyes. <laughs> This is, this is they, they stopped doing this in the 1600s. Yeah, the, the, this hasn't happened in a while. Don't, don't think that this is not what this is what time yeah, out got, looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they grow up fast. Um, the the uh, yeah, Cos, Cosmos Apollo. I mean, I think the space thing is is I actually tried to get on. I don't know. I like I haven't heard. I tried to get the person on that runs the planetarium at Plattsburgh State. Oh yeah, but I just—I mean, I—I I don't know because they just refinished that like a few years ago. I right? think, and I'm just like shooting emails out, and I don't really know. I have no connection. So if you're sure listening to this have and have like, connection, please get me in touch with her because I want her on. Um, but I, I don't know enough about. Like, I would love to see the planetarium. Like, I want to go to the planetarium and I want to just see everything. Pretty sure they have like open community hours. They, they do, and it's, not right now, obviously. 
No, but they, they definitely do. And I went as a kid, um, but I think there's a couple times a week. I think they have it like Wednesday nights and a weekend maybe. I think Wednesday I think Wednesday nights is right. Yeah, and it's like for an hour and a half. is like They may have two of them. They may have like back-to-back or an hour and a half is like the one thing they do. So it's only a couple times a week. A couple times a week, but that would be something that would be fun to go watch because I haven't been in there since I was a kid. And I just love it because they just spin around look at the constellations and they look at all these different like mm-hmm. where the relationship of planets are. And you got to think like when you look up and see like the Big Dipper, I mean those are billions of miles away. They just are, it's where they are relative to us because you got to think they're not even close to each other. So like not you got to start close. here and you got to start way over here and then yep. way over there. But just the vision. So it's kind of cool when you even just look up at that and look at the like the, the how, like that's the farthest one away. That's mm-hmm. the closest one because I think the was it uh, the closest one is Sirius? Mm. Is that the because it's the brightest in the sky? Isn't that Polaris? The, is it Polaris? I think Polaris is a North Star. I could be wrong. Maybe that is Polaris because Sirius is another big star that's close, close-ish. Alpha Centauri is the closest. Yep. Does it have a special name? That's not. Of the three stars, oh no, that's the system. Come on, because I think the closest one is either Polaris or it's, I think it's Sirius. Well, one Sirius of is seven. Alpha Centauri is three. Proxima Centauri is two, and obviously the closest star to us is the Sun. <laughs> Which I actually knew that. Yes, beyond the Sun, beyond the Sun. Yeah. So. But that's the other thing too. If you look at these things, like the sun is like a drop in the bucket compared to half of these. But it's but the other thing that's blows my mind is like how I can go out in August, in July, and get a sunburn, and the sun is what millions of ninety three million miles away. Yeah, and it's giving me a sunburn. It's yeah. like how how close, like how close do you have to be to like. What is, well, maybe maybe Sirius is the biggest star. There's one that's called like Sirius Major or Major Canalis or something like that, which is like one of the biggest ones. Mm. How close can you be to that one where you get a sunburn? If you're talking 93 million for this, is it like 93 billion? Well, so it's different because if, if you're in the vacuum of space, obviously you can't survive. Um, so to get a sunburn, you'd have to be on some sort of planet that has an atmosphere that allows you to live. So you but can saying, like, take like an earth, like how close to that? So if you had an earth and you, I don't know. I, I like that's what blows my mind. Like if, do you know what's going to blow your mind? Black holes. Have you ever looked into black, black holes? holes and they just suck, suck planets in? Yeah. And they just like, so it's, it's gravity forms into like a, an infinitely, it's like a sinkhole, an infinitely dense point. And I, I we'll talk for three hours if we talk about black holes. It's does, insane. Does, does if you think the of size, these talk about black holes. Yes. If you think about the size of the sun relative to, so like the center of most galaxies or maybe all galaxies is a black hole. Um, I forget what the name of the one in the center of our, our galaxy is. But we're the Milky Way galaxy. Correct. And so, um, but black holes are like the power that they have inside of them. It literally, it's the gravitational pull is so strong. It, can suck light into it. Light disappears into a black hole. It's insane. So are they able to, are they able to, not, um, like, are they able to tell what a black, I guess tell what a black hole is, like describe. So like, they, so they know this, what a black hole is, but there's this thing. Is there um, science they figured out about it? Yeah. So there's this, oh, what's it called? Um, I'm so bad at this stuff, Galen. 
So basically, the closer and closer you get to a black hole, it actually changes. It changes gravity. So gravity and gravity and time work together. So the stronger the gravitational pull, it can actually. It's the theory of relativity. It can actually change how long time progresses. It's this bizarre thing where. There's, I forget what it's called. It's like the, the one astronaut theory, or I really don't remember what it's called. But So if you were in a spaceship and you were a safe distance away from a black hole and someone and an astronaut was sent out and was floating towards the black hole, eventually it would look like he, like he would slow down and slow down and slow down and slow down and stop moving. In your, in your eyes, he would basically just stop moving because time gets infinitely longer to you relative to the person because of the because of the way gravity behaves in its relationship to time it's insane and so the thought is potentially um if you get dragged further and further and further in a black hole they don't know what it is beyond the um god i'm gonna i, I still can't remember what that beyond the surface layer yeah there's there's a word for it though um so there's like the accretion disk is the outside and that's just all like the gases and the the different things being pulled into the black hole and then there's like a point of no return that if you in theory i mean you'd never make it there because you'd burn up yeah but in theory if you made it past that point you get pulled down into the black hole and you never get out and so there's theories that that could be like a link to another universe so there's when you get sucked into it because nobody knows what's beyond it and they can't really explain scientists can't explain how black holes behave so is a black hole like how big is a black hole they don't know so it's almost yes, like it's they like, do. They do. You can calculate the size of a black hole, and so um, like the the black hole at the center of our un, of our galaxy, rather, I think is six. No, it's not sixty five. I think it's four billion times the size of the sun. It's just the black hole. Just the black hole. Yeah, I, I forget what the it's. They call it so. It's called solar masses, is what they use. Um, and so one solar mass is the size of our sun, and they just measure everything against it. And so, but there's black holes. There's like supermassive black holes out there that are upwards of like sixty five billion times the size of the sun. Like they, I forget where I saw it. And so this is this is the kind of stuff I look up on YouTube. Um, they sh- try to show relative to the sun, like they keep zooming out. Yeah, yeah. How big things yeah. are. It is my, you can't, you can't comprehend it. Even though they show you a visual representation, you just can't comprehend how, how massive these things are. Yeah. Well, that's, that was, that was the one we saw because it went to, but I think it only went to the star, but then it went like, this is the, that, what you just saw in relation to the Milky Way. And it is, I mean, it's, you can't see it. It's obviously like so, so small. And it's like, oh, by the way, here's the Milky Way in relation to like, what what is it? Our solar system, and then our galaxy is the Milky Way, and then the galaxy is part of. It's not the universe. Universe is everything, right? Yeah, there's like this is one thing in the very first episode of Cosmos that he goes into. It's like your galactic address. Um, so there's st- like once you get past the universe, then you get into different theories. Like there's there's potentially a multiverse, and then there's there's stuff that's like be, way beyond our comprehension of you know our universe is actually part of a larger multiverse where there's different universes it's inside like so of it it's insane it's and it's we're crazy. just trying to get to mars you know what i mean like which is crazy but like it depends how long earth is around like but i think like you're almost getting to the point like how much more can earth withstand because you got to think like earth is i don't want to say this because probably not but like 
I would think that Earth is pretty much accounted for, meaning everybody knows Earth. Obviously, there's spots that people haven't been on Earth. They know what it is. Or no. And the ocean is crazy. There's well, the ocean so is, many different pieces that, that haven't been discovered yet. But the ocean, like, but is that a thing? Is like eventually, is it going to be like an underwater world where it's legit underwater? Like we just go down and build everything underwater. You can't go up, so you go down. So there's a so there's a hedge fund guy named Ray Dalio. Um, I got his principal principles. Such a good book. I haven't read it yet. But. Um, it's really good. It's a little dense. All those books are way more. You could probably chop any of those like bio advice books in half oh, I'm and sure. condense it, and it'd it's be a lot way of better. Stuff. But anyway, so he. So, I mean, all these billionaires, they're exploring space. I mean, we know SpaceX, Blue Horizon is Jeff Bezos. Um, That's uh, kind of new, right? The, new the whole Blue Blue Origin? Blue, yeah. Horizon, Blue Origin? Blue Origin? Relatively. I, I mean, think like 10, 15 years now. Oh, it's been that long? Yeah, he's wow. been doing it not as long as SpaceX, but he's been doing it for a while. And then you got Virgin Galactic with, what is it? Peter? No, Richard Branson. He's doing oh, yeah. yep. So So um, Ray Dalio said, well, they're kind of doing that thing. I'm more interested in um, what's underwater. And so he actually went out and he's, he's bought, purchased a submarine and he's actually exploring underwater to see what's going on down there. And like they're actually discovering new species and things like that. It's kind of crazy. There's so much of the earth that we have not actually discovered um, what's down there. Because it's, what is it, 70% of the earth is water? I think so, yeah. So, I mean, it's, now I don't, I mean, you can't. It's not inhabitable because of the pressure at that at that depth. Well, I was gonna say, how far down can? It, I mean, there's there's people that dive like hundreds, a hundred feet down, maybe more. Yeah, you can dive hundreds of feet down, but if you're if you're looking to like inhabitate like large portions, I mean, yeah. it gets pretty deep. And and like nuclear submarines, I think are the the things that can go the deepest. Oh, and right. I, I I think that's only like thousands of feet. Well, it's crazy. Like you can go thirty thousand feet in the air, but if you go like three thousand feet down below water, you're like, "What the hell?" You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I don't actually. I don't even know how deep the water would be. It can't be that deep in regards to miles. You're probably only talking a few miles, maybe deep in the deepest. Like, what is it, Mariana Trench? Isn't that the deepest point on Earth? Deepest water on Earth. I think it's called like the Marian Trench or Mariana Trench. Trench. They get one fact right today. Challenger Deep and is located beneath the Western Pacific Ocean. On oh, in the southern end of the Mariana Trench. There we go. Nice work. Half a point. How deep is that, mile wise? Mile wise, um, six miles. I was gonna say under ten. 30, so thirty six, thirty six thousand two hundred feet deep. I'm, I'm estimating. Oh, okay. So you're because what is it? Fifty. What is what is a mile? Fifty three hundred. Fifty two eighty. Fifty two eighty. So, so if you go down, yeah, but I mean, you're, you're roughly, cause when you go on a plane, you go up, you're about six miles in the air. Mm. So you're about the same distance. Yeah. 30,000 feet. Which would you be, I mean, 30,000 feet obviously is nothing compared to 30,000 feet. In the, the pressure, ground. the pressure would, would yeah. destroy you. I w- that's, I wonder how far the largest submarine goes down because if you're talking six miles deep, have they passed three miles? Have they passed halfway? I think. Like this is the stuff that I mean. Obviously, like some this scientists would be like, hole. "You guys are idiots." Like this yeah. is, but like this is deepest submarine. Wow, is it Explorer, over over under three feet? In business. Oh, this is the this is the Victor Vescovo. This is the guy. I watched a documentary the other day. I, I thought it was a series that they were going to start. They're revisiting the Titanic. So he just went back very recently. This guy, Victor Vescovo, but he descended thirty five thousand eight hundred and fifty three feet. Um. So yeah, into the Mariana Trench. So, so clearly, he, it's 
clearly it's it's possible, but that's probably wow, so he went all the super way down. reinforced submarine, I'm assuming. So he went all the way down. Yeah. You ever watch, I mean, if we trust Google. You ever watch, uh, of course, internet. Did you ever watch uh, U571? A long time ago. That was such a good movie. Yeah. All, those submarine, all those submarine movies well, are started, crazy good. It started going down. And I remember like the big thing was like the pressure point. You mm-hmm. saw like the little digit. The like, dial starts. Yeah. Because like, they were starting to get a little... Because I'm assuming at a certain point that whole boat just blows up because it's like it just, well it implodes so it'll yeah. it'll crush itself and it'll just implode yeah because none of the like bolts or screws or whatever they have can withstand any more pressure yeah I think they said that like it's going more up but like the airplane wings supposedly I don't get yeah, it this is true but they're supposed to be they bent them to touch like the so, back like I think no like the actual wings I think they're made that they've gone through testing where they can move the wings up and touch them. Oh, oh, like the tensile strength of the wing, like it yeah. can, without snapping, it can yeah, go all the way I up. I think to... they can actually go and touch. That's how like strong they have to be. Wow. Which, I mean, the, the, the idea of the aerodynamics of a plane blow my mind too. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like how heavy that aircraft is. And like, I think it just go up in the air and glide and be totally fine. So it's like, yeah, it's crazy. The it's idea a... that like, I know that you get, you're Thrust. getting speed. Yeah. You're yeah. getting speed, but there's so much physics involved because, I mean, obviously you're going, I don't know. It's like that stuff blows me. I mean, obviously how does an airplane work? I can watch a video on that. But ask, still- uh, ask my son. He knows this is uh do you watch, do you watch story bots with, no. your, with your kid? It's uh, teach you all the stuff. Not all the stuff that I've talked about, but story bots. So it's, uh, it's weight. The, the four forces are weight, lift, drag, and, um, weight, lift, drag, and thrust. Those are the four forces. So thrust is the power to go you for- forward. Drag is what's pushing on you. Mm-hmm. Um, lift is so so. Wings of an airplane are designed, and the hull of an airplane are designed very specifically to increase um, lift. So it, it allows it allows wind to carry under the plane very very well. So it like captures that air, so it forces you to lift up while letting the the air on the top of the plane just continually pass yes, over, so it doesn't push down. On the weight acting of the plane, in, uh, opposite forces. Yeah, it's opposite forces. So, so, so obviously, thrust and drag; those are the two behaving against each other. So that's why, obviously, we have turbine engines. That's crazy. I don't it's know. Nuts. Just, just the, the idea of it going up and going—I don't know—going up or going down. I've never gone down, and I think going down in like a submarine would be kind of cool. To I feel cer- like I would freak to out. a certain level. Like I'd be one where because I, I can't even dive down. I probably could now. When I was in like school, I could not, I couldn't even dive down and touch the ten foot floor. I'd freak out. I'm like, I know. It's, it's there's pressure in your head. You I know? know. Like I go down like two feet, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna tap I'm out. And you're like, you're still three feet from the bottom, and like my feet are still out of the water. Like, I I don't know. I'm just not good at diving down. I'm sure I could now if I was you have like to train. Like, if I was just to go in and like dive straight down, and like touch the bottom and come up, I'd be fine. But there was kids I was swimming with that were doing that. Like they'd go down and grab a brick off the ground, and I'm right. sitting there. I'm like, no way, not going down. Like I just can't. Like I just. It was the craziest thing because I'd be sitting using all my energy to go down like a foot and you got the pressure and I'm like, I'm going up. And, and then like, when you start to come back, you're like, am I going to be able to breathe? I know. <laughs> I just feel like, like, you know, when you see like those, those videos and you have like the free, the free divers yeah. and just like coming up in the water. That's what I feel like. But I'm literally like, I just like basically took a dip in a bathtub and came out. Like it, <laughs> it's, it, I'm not the, uh, I always tell people I can swim from like point A to point B. Mm. Not fast and not good technique, but I like I can stay above water there. and I can get there. Like yeah. I can swim. I just I'm not going to be someone that you're going to put in the pool and be like beat that guy swimming. I'm like, eh, he's probably going to beat me. If they can swim, they're probably going to beat me because I'm still, right. I'm kind of better at like the I can actually do like the the breaststroke the, the, the doggy paddle. 
not even the doggy battle because I just kind of like the breaststroke. I just kind of the breaststroke is relaxing. Yeah, you, you just push your legs like and pull yourself. it versus like doing a crawl because you put your head down the water and I'm like, right. I'm just not into that. But I'm not a big swimmer. I'm not even a big like I'm a I'm a guy. Let me go to the beach. Let me go stand in the water and have a beer. And that's me. Like, <laughs> like I'm just kind of one. If I got some friends, we're just hanging out, cooling off. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I don't want to swim. I don't want to get like nothing crazy. Have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried to go for a swim in the lake before? When I was a kid, Maybe a like a legit swim? swim, like go out so you could get exercise. Like we we had this um, make to a raft and back, but yeah, we had this woman. So we grew up on the St. Lawrence, and my my grandmother, so my 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 father's mother, lived in this small, tiny little cottage that happened to be on the river. And she had a, f- a friend that would come over every day in the summer and she would swim to this dock and back. And she swam like, I want to say it was like half a mile every single yeah. day. And she but, never stopped. Like, I have never been the type of person where if someone's like, all right, get in the water. All right, now float. I am on the bottom instantly. Really? I cannot float. I have to swim in order to stay afloat. I can't, I'm not the type of person that can just relax and you're just like my legs just sink down and then the rest of my body just goes i wonder how that works i don't know how people float (laughs) like i can get it like i like i remember in like school that's one thing they taught you is just but i don't even think about it i just lay back and just like you just sit there and float and i sink yeah which seems crazy because i like when i think lay back and float like i don't do anything i just lay back and like float it's not like i'm actively trying to do i lay back and try to float and i'm like all right keep your legs up come on keep your legs up keep your legs up and my legs just keep just they just try yeah i don't to people that can float in the water i'm so i'm so jealous because it looks so relaxing and like so much fun to just float there and so i i can't do it i have to swim i never thought about that because i take it for granted like the act of floating, which is a survival mechanism, really, because that's what they teach you, like, to stay afloat, keep your head up. I never thought about that. Like, I never thought. Yeah, that I have to do like the float. whole like move I mean, the arms a little I mean, bit. It, it kind of and... confuses me too how people can't swim or at least do like a doggy paddle. Like, I get it if you've never swam. I think it's because they just freak step. out. They don't know what they're doing. They freak out. Yeah, it's that makes more sense to me because I think the act of just moving your arms and like treading it water seems and kicking your legs almost natural, right? Well, I think you would have to. I just think your natural tendency, like your natural tendency, I think if you go in water is to try to stay afloat. Like you're not, ten, you're not just gonna like jump in the water and just like sink because it's a survival mechanism. Like something triggers in your brain. It's like if something slips out of your hand, you react to catch it. Like, right. or when you fall, you wake up. Like there's stuff that your body naturally does. I would think if you get in the water, your natural tendency is to like push up, like get me out of here, which means you're treading water. But I right. think some, obviously some people overdo it. You don't, you don't have to kick hard treading water. You can just sit there like very relaxed. If you do it, if you do it the right way, the correct I mean, way. If you're like doing the running man, you're gonna you're gonna well if you're sink like a rock. Like, like you said, if you're if you're in a position where you're nervous or scared or like frightened for your life, mm-hmm. technique goes out the window. But usually, <laughs> it's the idea that like when we were treading water, you, your upper body did nothing. You just you could just sit there and keep kicking your feet. It got right. tiring. I mean, it was, it was a, you know those little circles. Circles. You didn't. You just kick your feet. I always did these little circles. It was easier. You really? like kick your foot out and then circle it back in. Is that how you do it? Yeah, that's how I did it. I always just kind of like. And then you just do the little, the little arm circles. Really? Too. Yeah. Maybe I've been doing it all wrong. Maybe I've been doing it I, all wrong. I was always just like you, just kind of like kicked your feet and just kind of kept bobbing up and down. Hey, I'll try it. Well, the circle sounds a lot less energy usage. Yeah, I just remember like like you kind of like 
you just circle the feet back and back around and around and around and it just kind of oh yeah i guess i guess like, like what like, turbine like when i'm kicking my feet yeah, my yeah kick, your, your feet kick out and then okay we're doing the same but I, i'm like my my like initial movement is the downward kick not the not the like the kick and then return the feet around gotcha okay so we're both saying the same six of one like, half dozen how many another. times how many different ways is there to tread water i'm assuming one <laughs> i'm hoping one just different different styles still um, trying to learn how to float though <laughs> did you see uh we both watch it but the uh the guys from the foreplay podcast are playing a video game to figure out who gets to go to play wingfoot are you serious? They get to play Wingfoot? So what happened is, did you ever see my Bethpage? You ever see the video? No, so I don't think so. four of them went to go play Bethpage. And they got to play around a Bethpage. So what they have, they have a media day for the major championship. So the media sure. gets like a certain day, they can go out and play the course. I think the whole purpose of it is they get to go play the course and then write about the course. Like I think it's like a little it's bit of It's kind of like, yeah. Gotcha. It's kind of like you can go do a thing. Well, foreplay... So basically what happened is because of COVID, they're limiting the amount of people that can go. So next week is like, which is like about a month out from the actual tournament is when they can go play this course. So, which is Wingfoot. Um, so I opened Phil wins. Do you remember Phil blowing up on that Wingfoot? No. That was when he had the double. He was up by one on the. What year was that? Oh, six. See, there was, there was a gap where I like, I didn't you pay attention interest. to golf at so, all. It was literally, literally like from age 13 to age 24 i didn't pay attention to golf whatsoever except so, for tiger so so phil i was a big phil guy so phil's never won still has never won a u.s open phil gets up on the tee on 18 is up by one has to par or bogey and wins it slices his drive i believe into was i don't think it was out of bounds but I think he sliced the ball like left into where like where the people were like not people but like where like the hospitality tent was. Oh my god! Got a drop, ended up hitting the ball off on the drop into a tree and it kicked back. So I think he had a drive drop off the tree three, and then I think he had to hit up on the green and get like up and down or. Just had to, to get a bogey. Or had to get up and down to win or something like that. Or, or an up and down. If he didn't, it was a tie. And he like hit a bad shot, like chipped up, two-putted, got a double. Oh, my God. L- look it up. It's like Phil Mickelson, 18th hole, 2006. And he's wearing like this like oversized Ford oh, of course. sponsored yellow shirt. And he like puts this. That was the one where he said like I'm such an idiot because he just, I don't know what he did. Like he's literally leading the tournament on the 18th hole. Yet it, not a, it wasn't, a, I mean. I don't think an overly hard hole, especially for them to make double. Like you would think, like yeah, but it says a bogey would have meant he would have won a two man eighteen a, a two man eighteenth hole playoff. Yeah, and so he ended up screwing it up. And I think the winner. Do you have any? I mean, I'll tell you, but do you have any clue who it was? No idea. Old Jeff Ogilvy. Old really? Geoff Ogilvy. Wow. Remember spelled his name? Geoff. Geoff. Jeff. Yeah. So Jeff Ogilvy won it. And which was like, I had no business winning it. All of a sudden, I remember him like in the clubhouse, like, holy crap, I won the U.S. Open. I'm like, thanks, <laughs> Phil. You bomb one out of bounds. So, but they're going back. So back to the story. So they, they get, they're only getting one spot to play this. Because of coronavirus. Yeah. So instead of, so basically the person who goes is playing with just three random people. Their oh. argument is like, listen, these guys are going to go play the tournament, play this, play this round, probably not do anything. At best, write an article. Right. We're literally bringing all this footage. We had the biggest 
following in all of golf, minus probably the golf channel. Right. And we're going to do all this stuff Maybe for golf you. Magazine. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, actually, Maybe. They probably Maybe. better. Because these guys, I mean, think about it. Anybody under 30 years old is watch, listening to those guys. Absolutely. Like, I'm not, I, I watch the golf channel for the PGA America thing. I just listen to those guys. I'm like, I don't need to. I mean, don't get me wrong. The quality is better of like the Brandel Chambly's and like. The analysis the is analysis significantly better. Significantly better. These guys are hacks like us. But they Which talk, is kind of fun. But they talk like us because we're on the same course. We say the same dumb stuff. We hit the same bad shots. Right. So what they're doing, this new golf game, I guess, comes out. Which I haven't played a golf video game. It's like 2K Golf, 2K21. 2K yeah. It's but already you, out. But you can build your own courses. And like you can legitimately build your own. I want to buy In this game, you can? I want to buy it to build the own courses. Like, and I guess you can build them like pretty legit. Is this the golf 2K21 or is that that Two. golf, that other golf game? Oh, was it different? I think it's 2K21. Is it? Because I know there's game? another. Because I know there's a, another golf. Was it? Because Frankie was building a, a course, yeah, right? They built it like Knives Nine Creek. Was that's it. Yeah, such so, a great name. But yeah, for him, yeah. So they they're sitting there and they're like someone built like Augusta National almost to the specs. And yeah. Then someone else built another course, and so the idea that you can go out and build a course that's identical like blows my mind. Like how. Like I'm excited when I was a kid, I used to draw golf holes. I was a nerd. I love golf. Like I was drawing holes and stuff. And but the idea is that they're only, they have to they're playing this video game. And the winner of this, they're live streaming. I think it's tonight. The, the winner of the video game. The winner gets of the, the video game gets the one spot into the into oh, the, the play. So these guys are. This is going to be interesting so, because they're probably going to get like teamed up with like old school media guys, and it's going to be. I'm kind of hope Riggs is the best at golf, but doesn't mean he's the best at this video yeah, game. Lurch is. Oh, he's pretty good. Actually, really he might good. be the best. He's probably the best. He shoots like 78, 79. So you know what's you know what's mind-boggling? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm probably about as good as Frankie Borelli. And then I think of, I stop and I think about it. I'm like, no. You shoot in the low 40s on nine at the barracks. They're yes. playing top-tier golf courses. And granted, they're shooting like 93, 94s, but up here, they'd probably be they'd probably the, par the barracks. So like I look at my golf game relative to the golf that the whole the courses they play. Look, I would say like there's different levels of golfers up here. There's really good golfers who I'd classify as I, I didn't even say that. There's probably four levels of golfers. There's the really good golfers, like the really really good ones that are, are shooting in and around par. And I would mm-hmm. say 75 or lower. Then you have the guys that are probably like 75 to like low 80s, maybe 81, 82. I'd mm-hmm. probably classify them. That's like your second tier. Then you have all the guys that shoot between 85 and probably 95, which is, which is a lot like, of what we shoot. Like, like us, yeah. Yeah, like the four guys we had today are all about about that. And then you have anybody, I would say, probably in the 9,500-plus category, which they're okay but not great. Mm-hmm. They're a lot of fun to play with, though. They're fun. Like our buddy Matt Craig says, he brings the fun, not the golf. Yeah, and 90% fun, 10% golf. That's it. And, and uh, 70% looks. So, so <laughs> the uh, Do that math. Sponsor bird dog, uh, but but the uh, it's the whole idea that these these please sponsor us. Anybody will sponsor. I got a Yeti mug. Anybody just just send out. We'll actually pay Bl- you blender bottle. We'll take that. We'll pay you to put your your ad here. But but the whole idea is that the the guys that are shooting par here, and I guess it's the handicap system because I just yeah, had this I conversation with some That's people. True. Like if you're an above handicap person, in theory, you going to 
wing foot mm-hmm. what's the slope rating on that course because your slope rating on that course might say that you should be breaking you should be shooting 80 on that course due to the slope compared to courses around here right so the handicap which i kind of want to get back on the handicap system just to have it because then i, I kind of bounce around courses but to establish something mm-hmm. is in theory you're Handicap is not really par; it's relative to the slope rating. Right. So relative the, to the difficulty. It's kind of like it's like uh, it's like skiing a black diamond. Like mm-hmm. it's rel- like a tightest black diamond. It's not a white face black diamond. It's like a white face green. Yeah, yeah, really. And, and so you're kind of looking at the idea that that would be how you'd factor in. So so that's why you look at a pro who is around par mm-hmm. is probably a plus six, seven, eight golfer. Normally, because of slope. Right, yeah, because they don't ever talk about handicaps once you go pro. I think, I heard that Phil Mickelson still keeps, if you go on the, like, if you go, I just found this out the other day. So, the the USGA, is it GIR, whatever index, or G? That's Greens and Regulation? No, it's, it's something different. It's your handicap index, but I forgot what, it's like an acronym, GRI or something. Oh, I have no idea. Um, I think it's like, yeah, whatever, something golf golf something index g i whatever it's an acronym you can actually get the app it's like 25 bucks a, a year and you can pop your scores in and 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 get a fully established handicap so your handicap would be good at any course if you're ever playing in tournaments supposedly though you can go and look up all the golfers so you can go in and see like holy crap like i think phil's a plus seven wow so you can see some of these guys that are insanely and, and i'm that's what i heard obviously it could be what could, do you think the best the best is like a plus eight maybe like that's insane i don't i mean that's like i would say most courses up here you have probably a stroke rating of like what 70 71 which is kind of about par like meaning like if you're a a, a scratch golfer you should be shooting i i, I don't know if that's true it'd be like a 70 but it's still, yeah but, if you shoot yeah if whatever whatever the rating is if you're a scratch golfer that's what you're supposed to shoot yes okay so it's a 70 so it, you would think that those guys are teeing up the ball knowing they have to shoot a 63 to shoot their their par. They'd have to shoot like a 60 to shoot like three under par. Which I don't think... What's the, is 59 the lowest you can shoot? Well, I mean... I mean but, well, without let's the be, idea of dunking I mean, every shot. Dunking, well, I mean, you're not going to dunk anything that's over, you know, a I mean, par four that you might get lucky, a par four that's a pro I mean, you, on 300. Think about if you birdied every hole, which is legitimate, because you hit the green and make a putt, whatever. Um, 18 under par... 56 mm-hmm. is it 56 depends on the course but yeah 18 yeah so it's 56 so that means you birdied every hole but three obviously you could have an eagle in there whatever so you have 15 birdies and in, th- and, and in theory depending on no, the number be, of part no, threes no it'd be could... less than that we say 72 so you're 13 under so you were under par th- 13 of the 15 holes mm-hmm. so in, in theory you can go pretty low if you hole in one, all the par threes. I mean, it's not possible. So he said five holes. Yeah, so fifty, so fifty four would be the lowest. Like I don't think that's happened. I've I done that in like PG, I've done it in Tiger Woods golf. <laughs> like you, like if you aren't shooting fifties in Tiger Woods golf, get out. Like get out of here because like, especially two thousand five. I mean, I remember oh, playing so my good. buddies and like you were shooting like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen under par, like routinely. The lowest golf score officially recorded round like 57. is 55 by Rain Gibson. 12 birdies and two eagles on a par 71. Recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. 55. Like, if you take a pro right now, I'm going to play the barracks. What are they shooting? 63. You think? 
Yeah. Easy. I'm thinking lower. You think they'd shoot like a 59? I think they'd shoot like at least a 60. Yeah. I think they go 12 under. I think they can hit almost every... Well, with the exception of the par fives, I think they can hit almost every green. They're driving one. They're driving two. They could drive they're driving th- three. They could drive three if they want. I'm saying you probably lay up and chip. You're, I mean, the only thing that would screw them up is because our greens don't roll 100% true. <laughs> like that, that is it. Like, number, I mean, you're probably talking they're birding or eagling every par five. So They're but, eagling every, without a doubt, they've eagled every par five. I think they would have two eagles and two birdies. So I think they go s- six under on four par fives. Mm-hmm. So right there, you're down to 66. And they're birdying every par four. Majority of them. I mean, you got because again, you're talking the first hole. I don't know what the distance is. It's so short. Is it three fifty? They they're they're driving that green. Is it? It's less than three fifty. First hole three thirty. I think it's like three thirty. Yeah. I mean, they're taking out a, a wood and they're they're probably driving because there's no there's no trouble. There's no trouble. You're just gonna bloat and and literally their offline is like ten yards right. And they're gonna be on the green. They're putting for two. I think I thought about this once before. Like I think they would they would shoot in the high fifties, and I don't think it'd be even close because if you watch. This we we have I know we I say this but like I was talking the other day like we have to go down to Hartford yeah just for you drive down like an evening like I would even say after work on a Friday drive down you know do whatever and then play golf Saturday morning play golf Sunday morning and watch golf like from like the leaders on totally and then come home late on Thursday or late on Sunday it's mm-hmm. a four hour drive go home like one in the morning so I think that would be fun it's in June. But I think you go down and you get a couple rounds in and you just have fun. Like, I think that would be such a blast. Or even take a three-day weekend and do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm down just with whatever. It. I think if we can get a group of, like, maybe a car load or two car loads, it'd be fun. Airbnb it. Like, go. Coronavirus. Yeah. And like, Saturday, you know it's going to be, a, like, a wreck because you're going to the golf course with no responsibilities. No responsibilities the next day. Uber there. Uber back. Buy $6, $7 beers and have a blast. I remember going to a tournament one time, and the guys had stacked up on the 18th hole. This was 2003, PGA, Rochester. They had stacked up all their cups of beer throughout the day. They gave it these plastic cups. It was taller than an adult, and they just kept stacking all their cups up. So you're talking drinking like a plastic cup about this size. I would die. Which is about a can of beer. Yeah, it's 10 ounces. So you're talking about stacking a cup. So like you're probably getting about an inch lip on the cup. Yeah. And the cups are going in, so it's growing about by an inch. So you're talking 70-something oh, inches. Oh, cup, the cups are going in. Oh, you're not talking about like a pyramid stack. Oh, no, no, no. We're talking like cup Literally a in cup. a cup, in a cup, in a cup. So it's it's the first cup is probably four or five inches. You're probably going up a half an inch Four or five inches, yes. Yeah. So even ballpark an inch. So you're talking maybe four or five inches off the ground, the first cup, and then you're mm-hmm. talking about an inch after that. So if you're talking 72 inches. Yeah, so you're talking 60-plus beers out of... They probably each had 12 beers. I was going to say 10 or 12 beers. Mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be done. I could probably, it depends how long you're on the course. You could probably do it. I'd be asleep. Galen, you know me after like three beers. Yeah, I know, but... Because, <laughs> no, that's actually pretty crazy. Because technically... If you'd have to drink like Coors Light. You'd have to drink the lightest beer possible. You'd have to... You'd have to have... Which would be miserable, because why would you want to do that? Right? I mean, I guess I, there's a there's a ton of people out there that thoroughly enjoy drinking Bud Light. I hate Bud Light, but it, it's fun. 
That's got to be the probably, lightest beer out there. I would probably argue I'd rather drink Coors Light over Bud Light. I'm not a Bud Light guy at all. I don't like either. I would probably blue take, light. I would probably take Miller Light's good too. I like blue and Miller. Miller Light's yeah. I'm okay with with any of them. I'm the type of person that I'm going to drink what I feel like drinking, and I don't care what anybody says. I went to a bachelor party and I had like a raspberry lemonade vodka while everybody was drinking like IPAs. I was like, it's on the menu. Sounded good. I'm going to order it. <laughs> I went to I went to a bachelor party in Philly, and this is how you know you're kind of getting old. Spent the whole day drinking, good time. Yep. Went to dinner, went to a German place, and it was unreal. This is out in Philly for dinner. Well, the whole whole bachelor thing was in Philly. Okay, but the no, dinner, no, the German place yes, was for dinner. Was in dinner it was Philly. I forgot the name of it. Philly We're, isn't Philly awesome? Amazing, and so we we go. We have the food. After we get it, and we had, um, you know the beer steins, but they're like the big beer, so it's probably yeah. 36 ounces. Oh, uh, is, yeah, is it, is no, it, yeah, you're 36, probably right. right? It's like, uh, maybe. I, I think that's, it's three beers. A beer. Yeah, it, there, there was a... Oh, the big ones. There was like a the small the, ones, and there was the big ones. I think the small ones were... Like 18 ounces or... I mean, were they big? No, they couldn't have been bigger than 36. 36 is huge. That's, that's three that's beers. Like, that's like the those Bubba containers. You ever seen those Bubba yeah, containers? This, you had a handle that was probably like... I mean, you put your much hand wider. around it, and yeah, it was much, bigger and taller than your yeah. hand. And the base was probably like this, and it was probably about that tall. I'm guessing yeah, it was a 36 30. ounces. So you had the smaller one, which I think was 24 ounces, mm-hmm. which you know kind of looks like the normal beer stein. And then you had the bigger one. So we all got the bigger one. But of course, like German beer is not light. So you're drinking this like heavy, like brown amber ale, whatever. I don't know. It was like this wild eating brats and yeah. Oh my! The food was amazing and it's heavy. You got potatoes and you got sausage you got, yeah. and it's like it's it's a big meal. We ate the whole thing and we're drinking it. One guy drank the whole thing and he was one of the smallest guys there. I was impressed. But then like five of us ordered coffees like at a bachelor party. Like we'll take a coffee because there's no way. It's yeah. eight o'clock right now, and you've been drinking all day at that point. Yeah, and it's eight o'clock right now. Like we got to get, and it was just funny because like we all were the same thing. We're like, I'll take a coffee. I'll take a coffee. And like, how old are we at a bachelor party that we're all getting coffees after our meal to like settle down to go back out? <laughs> like back in the day, you've been like, because I've, I've been to some bachelor parties where you just you just go. Coffee's not on your mind. Like you're like, can I get another double? Like that's like just nonstop. Yeah. But we were drinking beer. Beer fills you up. But that would have been, yeah, that, that was wild. But um. What was the thing you were saying before? God, I don't oh, know. Oh, golf. Golf? So, so they were stacking. What about golf? So stacking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stacking, stacking up the, the golf beers. But I'm saying if you go to like Hartford, we could totally recreate that. Because I think you get enough guys to be fun. Also, we the, need twice as many guys to have that many beers. Well, twice as many, yeah. Like we probably each have like <laughs> six. I could see six. Because I'm not a big, huge drinker. I probably would. If I stay out there all day and you're drinking like. Yeah, I mean, a, drinking a, like a light a beer. tournament, you probably put back. I could put back four or well, five. Then you get there at 11, you get a beer at like 11, 30, 12, and you stay till six. Yeah. Like you're putting you in put like. Back six. You can probably put you six to eight beers, I think. Because you're going to have a couple. You're going to have probably two your first round. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. And it's a fairly good tournament. The other thing, though, I don't know when it is because of this year they kind of canceled the Ryder Cup stuff, but Beth Page Black is hosting the Ryder Cup. I think it's 2000. 22 or 24. Oh, God, that'd be awesome. And that's the one I want to go. Like, I'm 100% going to it, but I want to go with a group of people. Like, I want to go, like, but like... Golf fans. Bunch of golf fans. It's Ryder Cup, but golf fans where we just say, listen, like, we're going down. We're getting an Airbnb. We're hanging out for the whole week. Bring your golf dressing clubs. like an American flag. 100% the whole time. <laughs> Like, we're going to be the guys that are going to get, like, on the footage of, like, who are these guys in, like, the bodysuits or whatever, like, dressed up like the founding fathers. Like, it's going to be something stupid. 
But I want to go to this where we go, obviously watch golf. We bring our golf clubs and play. We play. Yeah. So like we don't have to go to every round, every match, but like we sure as hell are going to go up and golf like early in the morning. Yes. And like be there for the second set of matches or like the end of the first into the second, you know, booze at night, have fun, rinse, repeat for like five days. So you golf, watch golf, drink, golf, watch golf, drink, like boom, 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 boom. And eat. like, sounds great. So I just, like, I'm just, prepa- I'm preparing my friends now that we're going to do this. So it's just more of like, I got to figure out the exact date because it's yes. years off, but it's going to be in September, which works out pretty good because I think our kids will be in school, but it would just be like a, yeah, it's probably be like, it's probably like third Three week kids, of school, man. third week of school. What we'll to figure it out, but I did, that's. I feel like once our kids go to school, it's gonna really. So many people tell me that it's like, once your kids actually go to school, and and sorry for all the people out there that have kids in school right now. That's gotta be. I'm like, I don't even know how horrible that's gotta yeah, be. Yeah, you guys are. I'm not laughing at you, but it's just got. I just can only imagine what my stress. No, I'm, I'm actually like I'm lucky. I'm I'm, I'm so happy. lucky that my I'm kids are my kids still aren't. young. But I hear that like these years are fun when your kids are preschool age, but it does get easier once they go to school because it, it really like helps to like reduce the stress of having your kids around like 24 seven. Well that, and I think the structure, like having some more structure in regards to structure in regards to like friends or extra activities. Obviously that's chaotic, but I mean, as you know, you're the one that told me this. And I was like, I mean, it's good advice. It's like when you go home, just know for like three hours, like it's just you and the kids. It's just, yeah. And then I do a, I'm pretty good at that now. Like I, I usually like if people are reaching out about stuff, like I usually get home, put my phone away, check my phone once they go to bed. Yep. You know, and you have a bunch of messages, but it's not the end of the, I mean, nothing gets done, but it's the, the ones I have the hardest time with week isn't bad because I kind of have a, a schedule throughout the week. Weekends get tough because I try to spend a lot of time at home. Right. So if I'm, you know, in the morning, like Gina will be doing something. I'll try to kind of hang, hang with the kids, get breakfast going. And then you're hanging with the kids, and then you have nap time, which luckily my kids both still nap. That's nice. Yeah. So does Clayton nap still? Or you don't? Clayton hasn't napped in like a year and a half. Really? So, so that makes it, I would think, more difficult because you're like when they go to bed, it gives us like a little bit just to kind of either get something done or go do something or mm. just kind of like, like just relax, relax. Like some, like sometimes you're like I'm gonna do this, this, and they go to bed and you're like. Okay, I'm. I need like a half hour just to like regroup because I'm just exhausted. Yeah. You woke up early. You're doing like the thing is when you wake. The kids are getting up earlier now, so it's just nonstop. Kids get up. It is kid time. It is like want to play this, want to play that, and it's like yep, 100. percent Like then you have that, and I mean you kind of adjust in the schedule. I mean there's times where you write with them. There's times where you got to make food or whatever, and they're yeah absolutely playing, and you got your eye on them and stuff, or you're you know in our family now refereeing them because they're you know beating each other up and. But then, then once they go to bed, like you do the whole thing, you go to bed, it's nine o'clock at night and you're like, oh, okay. You're beat. Yeah. You're but, absolutely beat. And you gotta, you gotta try it. it. If you're going to bed that early, you gotta try three thirty, man. It's life changing. Well, I don't go to bed at nine. I mean, I'm like, kids are to bed. I go back and like put food away, clean the dishes. Like we, Look that's at a, you. You're such a good domesticated person. yeah You're like so good well, i'm a clean person like I, I hate mess i was a clean so i was a super i was like almost neurotic how clean i was and then i met debbie and she'll be the first to admit that she's not a very clean person like her apartment was a mess really and so i helped convert her to being more of a clean person but her lack of 
picking up has rubbed off on me. And so we've met in this like weird middle ground. So now it's like, I'm way lazier with picking stuff up sometimes. And so we just leave stuff and then it just, that never works out for you though. It depends. Kids toys. I will leave. Like Gina picks the kids toys up. Like I, I, I pick them up after I've been, I'm tired of stepping on them because I know they're just going to come back out. So I'm one, I don't want to, I don't like doing work that I know is just going to be like overturned and having to be redone. Like I hate mowing the lawn. I shouldn't say I hate, hate wiping the- your butt too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I hate mowing the lawn. Just gonna go, I'm just going to go again. I know. It's like, just leave it. Just who cares? Like why even wear clothes, you know? But it's the idea that if you're, if you're sitting there mowing the lawn, I like mowing the lawn now because my son like rides with me when we mow the lawn. But like, I was always like, I hate mowing like, or vacuuming. Like you vacuum, it gets dirty. You vacuum, it gets dirty. You yeah, vacuum, it gets dirty. Ending. And it's just like the cycle where I'm like, I, it just seems Can't like stuff just be clean and done. Well, it's like, why, why vacuum every weekend? And then I just do it every other weekend. Cause it doesn't matter. It's going to be dirty that weekend anyways, which the food, the food aspect, I, I, I'm not a food, like if there's food in the, there's dishes in the sink or food on the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, I put, I clean all that up. So like the dishes are done or the dishwasher is loaded. Food's put away. I wipe off all the countertops. Cause the kids are like, like the granite is like, you rub your hands across it and it's just like grabs you oh, in certain spots. Cause yeah. like my daughter's the grossest. Like she'll sit there and eat and she'll put her hands on the edges and Oh yeah. It's it just, everywhere. The tables are it, it dries throughout the day. So I'm literally scr- like scrubbing them down. So like my thing is at the end of the day, if I can like rub my hand over the table and not feel like, like chunks or like dried milk, dried anything, <laughs> I'm happy. Like that's when I know I go to go around the edges. Cause that's where it all is. And the chairs. So usually at the end of the night, it's like, let's just get back to like, ground zero where everything's good and then tomorrow's just gonna blow up all again so that that's about but that's my like 8 45 9 o'clock routine is that so then you really kind of settle down around depending on the night could be anywhere between 9 9 30 before you're like down the 3 30 a.m thing's tough for me because i my first time for the day to really truly wind down is probably like 9 30 or 10 at night sure where that's like when i'd like be able to like lay back in bed and like watch a half hour of something on YouTube, and then I go to bed. Three thirty is early for me. How do you do? You fall asleep easily, yeah. or do you have to? No, I do. I, I I get to the point where I'm like so exhausted that I just crash. Yeah. So it's like it's not one where I like roll over at like ten and it'll take me to eleven to get to bed. Like I bet you I'm to sleep within minutes, and yeah. minutes meaning like I can probably close my eyes and not remember even closing my eyes and falling asleep. That's the way I am. I'm pillow out. How? Uh, so three, you wake up at three thirty. Three thirty. I love it. So. You go to bed at what, nine, you said? So the way it works so right now, I think hours. I told you this. The way it works right now is, so Debbie, so the way we did it, so my son was, my daughter was in our, our room with us, and then my son was in the room next door, and I've been remodeling the upstairs for what feels like a, a decade, and we finally got a room ready for him to move upstairs, and so the baby has now kind of taken over Kate's role in our room, and then Kate has moved into Clayton's, the nur- we call it the nursery, and mm-hmm. then Clayton moved upstairs. And so what we did with Kate, which, thank God Debbie felt this way, because I would never have proposed this, but she said, you know, when you're home, just try to take care of the kids as best, you, the other kids as best you can, or take care of Clayton in that instance, and I will make sure, like, I'll, I'll wake up with Kate. Like, there's no reason for you to get up just so that you can hand her to me. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I never was like, I always had good sleep at night. And I would sleep elsewhere. Like she slept elsewhere with Kate for like the first like three or four months. Mm-hmm. And I slept elsewhere. And so right now when we move Clayton upstairs, I sleep upstairs with him. So like once I put him down, 
Like yeah. I have this other mattress in his bedroom. So once I put him down, I'm out. And so I'm out at like 8.45 at night right now. Really? 9 o'clock at the latest. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts, but it makes getting up at 3.30 so easy. Yeah, so you get six and a half hours. Yeah, I, I can't function. I'm not can't function. I can't sleep more than six and a half hours. Like if you put me to bed at 10 o'clock, I'm, st- I'm still up at 4.30. Really? Like, I, I'm one that I have a hard time sleeping under six hours. Like I'm eight hours is... My, my my schedule used to be nine hours was like ideal, which I nine I, hours of sleep, which I never did. But nine hours, like I could wake up after nine. This is pre kids. I could wake up at nine hours and feel like I could do anything because I just felt great. Eight hours, I felt rested. Nine, I felt like bulletproof. Seven hours, I felt like I kind like I missed an hour. Like I could feel like I almost like where you get a little like drowsy during the day. And six, I had a hard time functioning. Basically, now with kids, move that up two hours. So like my non-functioning time is like five hours. My probably need some sleep is six hours. And my normal, like I'm okay is seven. Like I try to shoot for seven hours. So I'll try to go to bed at oh, like 11 and wake up at six or I'll try or I'll try to go to bed at like, you know, 10 30, wake up at five, five 30. Like if I, I can would, get six and a half to seven hours, I'm okay. I would crash. I, there's it's no crazy. way I could ever get to stay up till 11 o'clock. Ever. Well, not if you're waking up at th- like, well, that's the thing you wake up at three 30. By the time you get to eight, you've been up for, you know, 18 hours you know what i mean so but even still though i i don't know i just have a i have a really tough time once the sun goes down i have a i have that whatever well, it is the serotonin or whatever kicks in and well, I, I have think, a tough time do you take awake. like melatonin or anything no that's i'm i take melatonin i would say five or six nights a week which seems like it regulates pretty good i don't i mean i know there's science to it but i don't know if it's placebo but sometimes i take it and it'll just like allow me not to wake up at night so i noticed that i'm sleeping through the night better i was sleeping pretty all over the place, but the last few months have been okay. I mean, you'll wake up like once, kind of roll over. You'll wake up slightly during the night, but it's quick. It's like wake up, roll over, and back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when you're a kid and you could like fall asleep, and you'd fall asleep and then wake up, and you're like, "That's where I'm at right now." Really, like you, you like you legit don't wake up at all. Yep, that's where I'm at right now. That's nice. I mean, it's that's kind of incredible, actually. It's and I think it's because I'm going to bed so so damn early. Yeah. Well, I think that's. I mean, I could wake up at three thirty because I like the idea of. Like when we went golfing this morning, you had already been up for two and a half hours. Yep. Which is, you know, insane. I got, I, a, mean, I got a workout in, I got breakfast, I got a shower. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, and I got, and, and typically like when I wake up at three 30, I typically get up, I grab my, grab my phone, I'll find a podcast and then I'll just sit on the couch and like sip on a pre-workout for like 20 minutes. It's almost like relaxing where I like my mind just, I let my mind just kind of like kick into gear. Like what is there stuff that you you know, you want to make sure that you think about today. Is there anything that you want to get? Yeah. You know, work work your way through, and like then you're I'll, planning. Yeah, just kind of start planning stuff, just to try to remember uh, what I got going on, and then I'll probably like twenty minutes into that, I'll uh, I'll start working out. So I'm I'm pretty much in my little home gym by four. like four a.m. And like probably four to five ish. Yeah, four to five. My workouts right now are so long. It's so really? yeah. So I'm doing the. I'd say this is probably. The best workout routine I've ever done is the the Arnold Blueprint workout routine. I don't know. If I you've mean, it's just like the bodybuilding split kind of thing. Yeah, it's a bodybuilding split. It's a lot of supersets, but the first four weeks are um, totally different than the the second four weeks. I think the second four weeks are all like how do you can really build mass and, and just get bulked up for Bryson. A, for a, yeah, Bryson. If only I could eat like that, could bulk up for a show, I guess. But 
the routine works really well. I get really strong. I don't get big. I'm, I'm not a big mm-hmm. person to begin with. I don't get big, but I get significantly stronger on this. But right now, like the splits are ridiculous. Like this morning's workout, it's, it's uh incline bench for 10 sets of four reps. And then it's bench press for five sets of six reps. And then it's flies and um, overhead pulls for five sets of 12 reps. And then you go into back. It's 50 sets of chin-ups and then a superset of like um, like lawnmowers, like bent over oh, yeah, rows yeah, or yeah. with some, some variation of like a, of a row. It just, that 10 reps of four and followed by the five reps of six, it just seems like it takes a freaking eternity. Because you're going heavy. I mean, like this morning, incline was like 205. Yeah. So like you need rest. <laughs> I, well, it was uh, when I was quarantined, because same thing, you do like a, um, I had to do like a powerlifting cycle basically to keep some structure in my day. Mm-hmm. Like knowing like three days a week I had to do this. Like the first like four weeks you flew by because the weights were sub-maximal. So you're like, okay, this is... Yeah, the workouts like, are so quick. Like there was one time I remember went out and Gina was like, wait, you're already done? It was like 35 minutes tops. And I mean, I did like everything. I did like bench, deadlift, like squat or whatever. And, uh, but like when you got to the end, it was at least an hour and I had to like... Start to finish. I usually got in, started the clock, and just like watch, try to get done in an hour. Mm-hmm. But like you were resting more, you know, you yeah, started way more like, resting. Yeah, way more resting. You took longer to warm up because your like working sets were higher. But like when you're doing splits like that, it takes it takes time. So you're what an hour, hour and a half, probably at least. It's like an hour and fifteen. I mean, yeah. I, I can get it down. Like typically, I'll just listen to like a couple podcasts or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get an idea in my head and I start researching it, though, all of a sudden like five ten minutes will oh, go by. Sets. I'm like, oh. Shit. Yeah, I've done that. I've, I'll, I'll do that where I grab my phone and I'll look into something, and it's like, you know, I really want my window trim to look like this. And then all of a sudden, I've looked at fifty bungalows and what window trim is supposed to look like. And then I look at the clock. I'm like, oh man, ten minutes just went by, and it just. Yeah. I try not to. I try what I try to do is set the set my phone down, get a podcast on, set the phone down, and not touch it for the rest of the workout, unless something like seriously comes right. into my head. Yeah, we got we got a good setup. Like we had the back gym set up. Yeah, and it's it's. I think it's 24 by 19 is the size. My workout room is, is the size of your office. Oh, that's not. Just the ceiling is, is significantly lower. Like, can you touch it? Yeah. Okay. Well, so it's, it's exposed. Um, it's in the basement. It's exposed. So the way it literally... Oh, so you go between... My, my chin-up bar, I can fit my hands above the chin-up bar before the flooring. Well, I guess the, the flooring joists. And then when I do chin-ups, my head goes between the flooring joists. Yeah, but I, I the only thing that I'm really disappointed is I can't do power cleans, uh, well overhead power like power clean with with overhead press. Yeah, um, which I used to really like to do, and I, that's actually pretty much it is the only thing that I can't do. You just like if you were to do pressing, you just sit on the bench and press. Like, yeah, I pr- like press on the press bench. I, I don't like seated my 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 bench for like a shoulder like a military press. The bench comes up kind of high on the back of my head, so you can't really tilt your head back. Oh, gotcha. so like, so yeah, your arms are a little bit it. further forward, yeah. which puts a little more strain on you. So I don't, I don't do like barbell military press that frequently. I use, I've got dumbbells that go up to 50. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's plenty. Yeah. No, that's yeah, for sure. Um, no, I think that's, so you, you work out and then you're done by, would you say five o'clock, five fifteen? Yeah. Depending and, on the yeah five fifteen. So what did you get? Like, would you go to, is this, this is new, right? The three thirty thing kind of as the kids got a little bit older. I've been doing three thirty for 
Probably when COVID started. Really? And I've been doing four for at least two years, maybe three years now. And this, like, Saturday, Sunday, too? So I work, yeah, every day. Yeah. That's, I got to get, get down to waking up consistently all the way through, but there's times, like, I'll get done. Like, I really like Fridays, Friday, Friday evenings, because I know I have nothing really, like, scheduled. Saturday. It, like, like, Saturday morning for me typically is, like, wake up, lounge around the house in the morning, get the kids up, do breakfast, hang out, and then you do stuff in the afternoon. But like, I really like Saturdays and Sunday mornings of just chill, like staying at home. Right. Because I, I, I don't. I'm usually like out the door. Do you work out on Saturday or Sunday morning? Um, Right now, no. I mean, I haven't worked out in probably a month just because I just let my back kind Isn't of... Isn't that driving you nuts though? Um, I've been playing a lot more like golf. Like honestly, that's, I'm, that's what I'm filling the time up with. Like that's I've actually true. hit the range. I haven't hit the range once three this year. times in two weeks. Wow! Not that it shows, but there, there's well, there's a couple. <laughs> Today things. was a little bit of a struggle. Well, well, well actually, if you think about it, my only two bad holes were the first two holes, and then I like because I think I shot. Yeah. I forgot what I shot, but I think I actually shot a forty-two today. Did you? I couldn't believe it. I, I did really? the math. I was like, yeah, let me let me try to figure it. Out. I actually shot forty-two. I'm trying to think what I shot. I thought it. I think I shot forty-four or forty-five, but I tripled. Wow, like, that's pretty good. But I doubled after. What happened? One, two. Yep. I doubled one and two. I doubled the par five. Yep. And I doubled the last hole. So I had four doubles. I think I shot a 44 or 45. That's impressive. But I had a birdie and I had, what, three oh, fives? Yeah. And then I had one or two bogeys, which I'll be honest. Look, this is the way I look at golf. Like, I don't always look at the score. Like, the score I know is it, but, like, I could look at the, the front one and be like, I had a bad hole, which I did, but I always try to take a positive after it. So like I had a couple bad drives, but then three was great. Five, I hit a really good iron shot, which I haven't been. Six, I took a three wood and drove it down to the water to the point it was on the downslope. Like I went to hit a my wedge and I didn't hit it correctly and I kind of went down in the equator and it like basically shot straight out. Mm-hmm. So I don't like hitting off of downhills that much, but whatever, I got to practice them. And then I pulled it back and I flipped it to like five feet and made the putt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, on five, on five. Yeah, so all, all my bad drives cost me double bogeys because I'm scrambling. All my good drives, I parred or birdied. Right. So, but for me, it's like the ones that I was hitting good shots on, like I take I take away a golf score. Like I look at today, like the score wasn't great. It was fine. Like I probably, if I played, I was playing better going in. If you played 18, you if probably would have. If I played 18, I would have probably shot 86, 87. Yeah. Like I think it would have been right there, 88. Which for me is pretty good right That's now. That's a great score. But like I look at it, and I'm like, I'm not far away. I'm close to getting down to, I think, low 80s. Like I think I'm close to shooting like 80 to 82. Wow. Where I think I could go, I think I could go like an 81 in theory would be a par bogey, par bogey, par bogey throughout the round. I think I'm very close to that where I'm honestly a little bit more consistency in my long game and I'm fine and I'm there. Mm-hmm. My putting's okay. Your putting's great. My chipping is hit or miss, but I would say I'm, I'm above average on the chipping. Yeah. I would say my putting is average, maybe slightly above range depending on the day. I'm like the tournament, I putted really well. You putted great. But my long game is hit or miss right now, which is like my, my irons are hit or miss, but I hit... The positive was I hit two or three really, really good irons today that were like, okay, like I'm, I'm not far off. And right. So that, that's the thing. It I, encourages you to get back. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't look at a, like a 45 and be like pissed off. I shot a 45 and I'm like, I had four doubles. I'm like, well, I had four doubles cause I hit 
four bad drives that I was right. scrambling. But if you take away that, my rest of my shots were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a drop. Like I had a drop on a hole that I should have probably bird part or birdied, and I shot, you know, bogey. I mean, I mean, I got up and down, but it could have right. been a double there on just a dumb mistake. So then I kind of take that out, and I'm like, well, it's. I'm not far. I have a couple little misses to clean up, but then all of a sudden those little misses clean up two strokes each. Yeah. And I'm down to a 38, 39, 40. Yeah. I know it's just the way I think about it where I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. If I hit a bad shot, I look at the overall, am I hitting okay shots throughout the round? Yeah. How's if, the rest of the shots look? Yeah. Cause so they were like, pretty good. You're going to, you're going to screw up some shots. Like, like of I would course. say you're like, you're driving right now is very good. Like, which is unbelievable considering where my driving was last year. It, my driving literally was the reason if, I couldn't break 90. If you think last, which is crazy to think, because like Friday when we played that tournament, how, how many green or fairways did you hit? I would say the f- 14 holes, because you have f- f- uh, four par threes, you probably hit the fairway 10 to 12 of the 14 I, holes. I, I don't. I, yeah. It's hard to remember because cause when you scramble, you forget, but... Maybe maybe I ten out of fourteen. Real, yeah, which is pretty. Maybe I mean, ten or eleven but, for me. That's incredible. Like I'd I would say, say for 50 most per, people, fifty percent was probably fairways for me. And and yeah. by fifty percent, I mean that other fifty percent was like slice, slice, like woods. Go find a ball. A few, like, but we played at. I mean, for for now, us, we now played it's at a, a lot fairway better. almost every hole. Yeah, we did. Which is, which is crazy for a two man scramble. Because mm-hmm. we we like I said, we got lucky. I mean, lucky in the sense that we hit some. One of us screwed up. The other one could. Right. get us in play now what i was also thinking and i got to talk to our buddy uh, matt craig he hasn't played yet this year we want to do another for the kids tournament Ooh. for the kids tournament last year we started way too late we might start doing this now because we played it i think the second we weekend in october like, yeah First i, I was out of town weekend. i think you were out ryan was out like it wasn't good planning on our part because we tried to scramble and have it done i mean i have a photo over there of the tournament and we have like sweatshirts and toques on at the start of the tournament granted it was eight o'clock in the morning the evening it got a little nicer but if we what i want to do is want to talk to matt and see what he wants to how he wants to play it this year Mm -hmm. either i think i play him with one club just straight up so great just not three one club was three three honestly it's not fair well i played the practice round with you and i shot like a 47 with three clubs and i'm like okay matt's done because i can putt with my sandwich almost as good as a putter like to the point where it's not gonna make up it's not gonna cost me that many strokes and then you take a driver out of the bag and you take long irons out of the bag like i'm hitting a three wood which i can kind of hit and i'm hitting an eight iron which i can hit solid 80 percent of the time and have a wedge 80 percent of the time i'm gonna hit it well right so it's like even if i hit the green in four i can two up for a double like matt making a double is almost like a par for him yeah so i was like i knew i was gonna blow him out so now do i just take one club and almost to the point like he one club, but he can pick kind of deal. Or I'd give him like one iron, but he could pick. I would pick like a four iron. I would make you take a four iron. He, he'd be smart to take a long club. Oh, yeah. Because be stupid. Oh, take a nine iron. Nine iron, you could be down. You could be down literally on the par fives. You could be down in three and, and potentially putting. I, I think I would still take. I think I would still take a wedge, to be honest, because I, I like the versatility around the greens. A pitching wedge. You don't have as much feel where a sandwich, like a, like I love a sandwich. Give me a sand, give me a, my 54, 58. And I can, I can like basically manipulate that club face more than I can a pitching wedge. A pitching wedge, I'm not going to be able to open the face up and get mm-hmm. the stick. Like if I got to hit over a bunker, that's the thing. If I like, 
all your irons are hitting punch shots for like, okay, essentially, I'm going to get it over. I'm just going to punch it down. It's going to roll down to the rough and I punch it back up. You're just punching across the green. There's no, you're not able to manipulate the angle. That's why like my go-to would probably be my 50 or my 54 wedge, probably my 54 wedge. And I would just, I'm in the long shots. You just turn on it. You just put the club, you just angle the club, you know, when you come into it, I pinched a couple pinch it down. Yeah. yeah. And you brought it like, what normally is like 105 went like 120 today. Yeah. You which use, was nice. I mean, you could bend that down into easily a pitching wedge. And then, oh, easy. Probably and, a nine iron if you really, if you really, if, if you, you really, really lean, the, lean yeah. the club forward. You'd probably carry it 130, I think, if I really got You'd into it. You'd have to get into it, but yeah. But if you talk about that, then it's like, okay, most holes, you're, you're shooting at the green in three with a wedge. Like, okay, I'll take a three going into the wedge. If I get on the green, two putts, bogey, Matt can't. Bogey golf for Matt. I mean, we can barely do bogey golf, which is nice. Bogey golf for Matt would be an insane round for him. Well, he's never broke 100, so bogey golf is 90. He can't even, I'm saying like, it'd be bogey double. Bogey double would be like a good round for him. Yeah. Because that'd be 99 for him. Yeah. I don't know if he could do that. So then that's when I'm like, he's probably shooting majority doubles is kind of his par. So I just got to go on two think, bogeys. You think he can break 100 with just a wedge? I think it'd be close. I think that would be something that would be like, could I break 100 with a wedge? I think I could. Do you want to go golfing tomorrow morning? And just try it? I'd just try to more? just play wedges? We could. We'll talk about it off. <laughs> this edit this part out. <laughs> Why aren't you? Yeah, no, well, well yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm like into it. Like, if not, like, I kind of want to hit the range. I went, I went to the range at 6 a.m. the other day. Good for you. Just range. Like, just great. I used to do that all the time. That's that's what probably polished polished my shots up better. What the still to this day the best thing I ever did was just learn how to learn how to manage the course better. Like stop trying to hit greens. Just lay up to it, it literally every hole that I if I have to lay up on a hole I'm like, "Okay, you love your sand wedge. It goes 110. What gets you to 110?" Now you do. All the time. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, I used to be like, oh, I can't hit a three wood, but I'm going to try. Well, you, well, yeah, and you were the one that showed me the little GPS thing. Like, if mm-hmm. I carry that in my yeah. pocket, I'm just, I look at it all the time. 275, okay, I'm 175 to the 100. Like, yeah. and, and I usually err on the high side, meaning 100 to 150, yep. where yeah. I don't want to go usually too far. Inside. I mean, I could go. I'm pretty confident with my, like, my approach shots, but within reason. So it's like, you know, especially if you get to sum up, like, bluff. Number eight screws me up all the time. No matter where I hit on the drive, I'm not going to go at it in two, ever. No, never. So I'm always going to play down. Well, it's, I always forget. It's downhill. It makes zero sense to hit that down to 100 because there's more trouble when you get to 100. Should hit it, to, especially bluff this time of year because that turns into hard pan and you can't even yeah, hit so, off of that and past I, 100. Where do I always go? 180, something like that. And then I'm like, okay, lob wedge over the green and then oh, it's a half wedge. Like my thing is I should be hitting to 130, like 130 because even at 150, you got 9-iron. Nine 9-iron nine over that, you're hitting all day long over. Plus, I mean, anything. Like, 8-iron and up, it, the, it's all touch. Like yes. you, you If you, you feel like you're hitting your irons well, you you can control a 9-iron. You start getting below a 9-iron. Mm-hmm. Even an 8-iron, you can control. But you get into, like, this, especially, like, 6-5. You're like, Those I'm just trying to hit this thing straight. Yeah. At least that's my mentality. It's like, my, just put a good club club on it and hope that it, it does the work. My 7-iron back in the day was, like, my last club. Like, I go 9-8-7. I was pretty much like, I can hit this. Like, I'm going to hit the green. Mm-hmm. Six, five, four, three. I'm like, okay. Like you said, don't hook it. Keep it straight. Mm-hmm. If I miss a, a severe hook, like if I really miss hit it. Well, especially if you're trying to hit it hard. 
Yeah, because you just like most so of us have a stronger swing, and you a swing. Um, that, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just one. If the, cl- it's tough. Like, I think I could break a hundred with a wedge. I do. My, what I was getting at though is if Matt, I don't know if Matt's in or not in. My other option is: do we do something where it's like for the kids' charity? Sure. We start it. We turn it into some type of either a scramble or b Ryder Cup style. We get more people than just me and Matt. And how do we configure teams? Teams, and then how do we do the like? Do we add handicaps in, which might make it fun? Do we add like I, I kind? Do you do the mat? Do you do you look at handicaps and then do and then arrange the match play based on handicaps? No, I think you just. I think you. I think in theory, every player would be equal if you're putting handicaps. Yeah. So it's oh, like yeah, then it's like okay, you and I and three other people are on a team of five and we're playing another team of five. Mm-hmm. Okay. We just kind of pick who we want to play against. And you could, and I think you could do it where it'd be fun where you could almost do it nowadays. Zoom style. would be cool. Do a zoom lotto. Like we do it like a, we yeah, live, it's like, a, it's like a fantasy draft. We almost like live stream as, I don't know if you live stream it, but you could do like a zoom and post it and say, this is like the, okay, here's the teams. We're drawing names out of a hat. Mm-hmm. Everybody's equal because you're using like roughly your handicap and legitimate. Everybody's like, okay, I agree. You know, Jared shoots like around 88 to 90. We're going to give him this. And Galen's about the same. We'll give him this. And Ryan's a little better. We'll give him this. And we could get to the point where if we could get a group of teams of five or six, and you don't really know who your team is. Yeah. And you just like draw straws because everybody's going to be about the same. So like Matt might be bad, but Matt does at least get a lot of strokes. And he'd play in a match play. And we could figure out the format where you could do the first nine is this match play. And then maybe everybody regroups for the second match play. And then you go out again, but play a different format on the back nine. Mm. And then if we wanted to and had fun, you could technically stretch it in because we're playing the barracks, see if we, they let us do it. Another nine holes where then it becomes a match play against one guy. That would be fun. So you have teams. Mm-hmm. So you go out in twosomes. And I kind of want to brainstorm this, but like if you and I are teammates, we might do... The same thing, a best ball and alternate shot. It's the same thing they play. So like yeah. you and I, we play our own balls, then we take the best score. So it's not really a scramble. Um, I guess we could do a scramble style if we wanted to because it'd be so a little best faster. Ball, so best ball in the front and alternate shot on the back or, or vice versa. I think Yeah, I think a best ball with an alternate shot. Yep. And then it'd be, it'd be single player. So if you had a group of six, you would have, in theory, three points up for grabs, three points up for grabs, six points up for grabs. Yeah. So it'd be a total of 12 points. So you'd yep. have to win... Was it? Would I say twelve points up? You'd have to win six and a half to win it. Yeah, which would be fun. Like that's if you have that many people. So I think if we can get people committed, I almost want to get a group going. That's twelve people committed to that. Do you think we can get that? But it'd be three groups. That's true. Am I thinking that right? Six, six, six. Yeah, because it'd be just three groups. It'd be teams of six, and we might have teams of eight. Wait, so it'd be three groups of eight? No, no, no. It'd be three groups. No, no, it'd be. Like that's, be twelve people in that scenario, we, you need even numbers, so that would be six total. You either play six, eight, ten. Yeah. I would think six or eight is going to be legitimate. I don't know if you can get eight, but you could. I mean, you could call around and be like, "Hey, like the four of us today, you get Matt, we grab a couple other people, and it's just like, what is our, you know, you play teams, and like mm-hmm. everybody gets a legitimate number, you know, and and I think at the end of the day, if you had it, and I would think that each each participant puts in a certain amount. Like me and Matt put in a hundred bucks each last year. Do we put in like 
hundred bucks per player. So you're already up to right. eight hundred. Then right. you then you get sponsorships. Like you can have companies like Kavanaugh could sponsor mine. Donald Barcom would be your sponsor, whatever. Yep. But then you go and get other sponsors. Like we raised two grand last year. Yeah in a very short period of time, mm -hmm. but do we go out and then we just kind of do a fun little fundraiser and the winning team, we have again, two charities, the winning team just gets the money or we give the winning team like two thirds of the money and a third goes to the, the team that doesn't win. Like just sure. to make it kind of fun. But I think like the idea the concepts there, and I think it's fun, something that we could turn into every year. I just, me and Matt was a blast. I think it would make, it would be a, better camaraderie thing it'd be fun there's for more people. people we had a lot of people yeah because yeah, me and matt we had a total blast doing it but like to get you in forrest in ryan in yep. jeff in mm -hmm. we just got to make sure and we and i'm sure we could corral a few other guys that we know you know that play at least you know that are they don't have to be good but at least they will show up and playing i think legitimately you could pick a score for them like matt would be the tough one could be like what did you shoot 110 so like does matt a 30 does matt you know does matt 26 maybe does matt get a stroke a hole which might be legitimate, you know. Maybe the part. How maybe would the, you do that in a match play? You'd have to beat them by like if if you're giving a stroke, a, you just your give par him, is you their. Figure bone. out how many strokes. So so literally, you'd have to beat him. Like well, if if like if Matt was giving a stroke a hole, every hole, if I parred, oh okay, he would have to saying. double yes. for me to make a score. Gotcha. If I bogeyed, right. he'd have to get a triple. Yep. Which which would happen i mean matt like i said matt's gonna go out and shoot like an eight on a hole like you know and yeah. if as long as you shoot a bogey you're fine but that would at least keep him in the game where you and i if we were up against each other would probably be a straight up stroke play right like you and within reason like i'm not like i wouldn't want to do it where we're like nitpicking like you're one stroke better than me because none of us keep handicaps That's but it's ridiculous. like yeah you, like i would say like you and i pretty, are basically the same yeah golfer. and you might argue that ryan might have to give one or two strokes a side yeah, Maybe. Brian would have to give us strokes. I would say I would say two strokes aside would be fair. Mm -hmm. I would think. Yeah, no, he, yeah, four. Because I think if we shoot four like four total, yeah, because he's probably well, average eighty five. We average probably ninety. Yeah, I think that would be, and I would err on the low side to make mm -hmm. it like legitimate. But I think that's something we could do. Like even playing with Jeff today, like if we knew that Jeff shot a forty nine and Jeff's probably going to be somewhere in the high nineties, do you give Jeff three strokes aside? Like, would we give Jeff three strokes aside? Probably. Like, you probably argue that or four. Yeah, if we're playing, if everybody's playing the way they should play, then yeah, that's. Probably and you base it off of how you should play. Like, it's hypothetical. Yeah, and then you have yeah, a good day. And Ryan, day. yeah, Ryan would be giving Jeff five strokes aside per side because they said they did that. And they Ryan did beat that, him, but Ryan said play bad, which makes sense. And you Jeff, play bad, you're Jeff lose. yeah, Jeff beat him, and and Ryan gave him ten strokes. I, I that's that's something that I want to work. If we can, if we can pull that off, that's something I want to work into having but we wanted to probably do it the first weekend in october again because it's kind of a little more subdued and you could have some fun in it yeah but i just want to kind of want to start it now we got to figure out who's playing obviously we had like caddies last year which will probably be out because i'm assuming like caddies would probably like you know you're not going to have 12 caddies out there so it'd just be you'd so be playing. great i think you have like you get a team captains like just driving around yeah. the cart like i think we could have we could be pretty fun like we'd probably do it again where we'd have i get a couple people from here that would go out and drive around or whatever and take photos and you know you can we can turn it into we could do some like kind of see the nice thing about what you did though is everybody it, it's a focus on one hole it's always a focus on one hole you know the, what i mean yeah and that might make it a little more difficult because but then you could have a couple like holes where if you had runners you could be like okay hey jared and galen are up three strokes on, or three holes on this person like right. okay we're up one yeah it was like a scorekeeper and they just keep driving amongst the three holes and being like okay this yeah, person's cool. up at least it's like semi-live scoring or someone's like with each group texting yeah. i think we could make it fun where we at least keep it 
like a live scoring system. Imagine if you could pull one of those, which you probably could. You know, just keep updating. I'm sure you could. There's got to be some kind of little app you could play. But I think if we could do something like that, I would have I would have much more fun doing it with you show up with like 12 people to play golf versus just me and me and Matt had a blast doing it, but it was just it was one, so there wasn't as much action. And you could you could probably turn it into an event where you had multiple people. Mm, absolutely. Like I don't think you would like requ- like. I mean, especially right now, but I don't think we would really request people to go watch it. I mean, the funny thing with me and Matt was we wanted to just build the hype around it, but right. nobody's going to go watch a bunch of guys play. But I think it'd be cool to have something along those lines of like, it which would be a coin flip basically. Cause you don't want to play around and like everybody's good. And you're like, we're going to smoke that team. Yeah. It, it doesn't make it fun. Right. Handy. And I'm not a big handicap guy, but it would make more Handicaps sense. Handicaps is the, the easiest way to make it more equitable to everybody. Because then you then you don't have to worry about like, well, this guy's way better than me. So how are we going to figure this out? It's it and, is and what then, it is. And then you give the strokes on the the handicap holes. So like the hardest, like if you have to give nine strokes, the hardest nine you get strokes on. So like right. number ten through eighteen are straight up. And right. That's you know and that would, and again, it's this thing like you could tie a guy and one of the hardest holes and lose, or you could tie him on an easy hole and beat him depending on you know the, how it's the system. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, th- I think it'd be cool. I think we should. We'll talk. We'll. I think we'll brainstorm because right now we kind of have to put it in the work, especially if we're going to be asking like for donations. Well, yeah, dude, it's almost September. Well, we didn't start last year till middle of September. Was it really that late? Yeah, because we were like scrambling. We're, like, I remember let's you guys to talking it. about it. Like one day we're like, let's do it. He's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay, let's do the promo video like tomorrow. He's like, okay, and we did it. And then it was just we winged it. We raised two grand, which don't ask me how we raised two grand. It was insane. But if we have a bunch of people doing it, and we just like build it up and have some hype videos again. I think it'd be great. Like me and Matt could do it as team captains again, you know, yeah. just Matt's team versus Galen's team. And just, you know, but I think you have to do, we have to do some type of selection show, which would be great. And then you awesome. do the format, but you have to make sure everybody's in agreement. Like, okay, here's the teams. Like, what's the format? And then like, we want to, and I think what you do is best, you legitimately do best ball, alternate shot and stroke play. You do the same, but try to do 27 holes, which I think would be the best. And obviously you can like pick up like, okay, holes lost. Let's just go to the next hole. Right. And I think if we could pull that off, that would be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But 27 holes, I think, would be legitimate. And would give you, if we started at 8 in the morning, you'd be done by 2 in the afternoon. Mm, probably. It's going to take about two hours per night. You think so? I think so, yeah. Even with all that going on? I think it would be, you think it would be longer? That's true because it's, you're just playing, you're playing match play. So The only one that would take a long time is the first round. Because you're playing... Um, alternate shot would take a little bit too because you're playing person. Like, not, I mean, alternate, alternate shot, shot would go fast. Sorry, yeah, alternate shot would go fast. The uh, individual would be because Indivi- you're playing four balls. Individual round would be the. I guess you could do a you could individual round would be the longest because you're it's it's heads up match play one on one in that third round. So that would probably take the longest. But if some guy's like hacking it in like middle of the fairway, oh, that's like, true. I like, lost it. Then really, it's just two people playing the rest. Of the well, whole and the thing is, like, you can. You know, in a, in a situation like that, you could be done by like hole six. You know, you could be up enough that, that you know you won three, it. three and three yep. or whatever. So you could really just be walking in with the group off like eight, nine, and ten, and walk in. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I, I think I think we do that, and I, I I would do it more with the. I think personally, the front nine adds a little bit more. I like the front nine better than the back nine. The front nine is going to be easier. It's going to be it's going to make the game more achievable for everybody because the front nine's more forgiving yes you know what i mean like it's it, granted it's gonna make it easier for you would do that alternate better, shot on the back nine yeah alternate shot should be the back nine because it's kind of like a scr- it's not a scramble but it's 
Because you could, I mean, the alternate shot goes quick. So you have yeah. a couple guys that just screw ball shots up and like, like alternate shots is a tough format. It is a tough format because it's not a scramble because it's only one shot each time. And I think you have to do it where you alternate tee shots. So it doesn't alternate actual shots. So yes, if you made yeah, the putt, I don't have to tee off. It's always a different tee shot. Yeah. yeah. So then, then you can strategize too. Like who's a better iron player? Do they want them on the par threes or do, does it doesn't even matter? Par five, someone has a better drive. Like, mm-hmm. Or like you're driving... You're driving don't, more straight, like the tighter drive. Don't jinx me. I know. I'm trying to if we're playing tomorrow. So, but but it's the well, one. Not where, if we're playing with just wedges. <laughs> I might beat you with just a wedge. I bet you would. You're, I'm pretty your with stroke the wedge. is nice. With the wedge. Um, all right. Well, well, let's wrap this up because we're going to talk about potential golf plans tomorrow. Before I gotta get my. Let's do it. I think 4.30. Four, yeah, 4.30. Okay. All right, that's it. Episode, I didn't even say this. So, by the way, it's Jared Burns here, guys. Sorry, we just started roll, <laughs> we a rolling start. We were like in the middle of uh, in the I, middle of talking about like cards and stuff. SD cards? SD cards. And you just were like, oh, by the way, we're live. Well, I kept hitting the button. I'm like, I'm just going to let you talk until it actually starts. We're having a problem with the SD. But it's, on, I mean, it's recording. It definitely is. It just doesn't start every time exact. Um, no, we could talk a lot longer but, about golf. But we are actually going to end this to talk more about golf. Yeah. So story of our lives golf kids in space all right episode 82 jared burns we're out thanks for listening to the galen trombley show if you want to reach me you can go on facebook at galen trombley on instagram at galen trombley and on youtube at galen trombley the spelling g-a-e-l-a-n-t-r-o-m-b-l-e-y